Boom, Cam Lee. Hello. Um, so yeah, we'll just dive right back into wrestling. So yeah, like of the modern product, a lot of the guys I like are the Ring of Honor guys, like Kevin Steen Owens. Mm-hmm. Love him, but I think he's the only true heel in the company. That, <laughs> he's hilarious. But and I remember at one show they said um some mom got pissed off and wrote a letter to WWE because Kevin Owens made her kid cry. And I'm like, good, he was doing his job. Because he was a dick to mm-hmm. this kid in the crowd. And the mom's like, how dare you? You can't do that. And it's like, are heels that boiled down that there's no like fan interaction, right? Like, because like, I keep calling him Steen, but like Owens is my favorite heel probably since Punk's heel character, right? right. Like the Straight Edge Society version was awesome. And then later when he was with Paul Heyman, like I love Punk still to this day, right? Like he's probably to me the last like really good either babyface or heel guy well because he could wrestle and he could tell a story right you know most of the guys now like we were talking before we go to here uh most of the guys now they just do spots for the sake of spots yeah you know and it doesn't really mean anything in the long run no just like hey cool you know two guys uh did a you know uh did this thing at the same time it's like big deal you know what what's the point What's the point of anything? There's just, yeah, because the psychology of it's gone to me, right? Like whether it's like the big monster heel is beating you down and you're the little guy trying to come up and rise against him and find Mm -hmm. his weakness. Like, um, and there's few and far between, but like my favorite guy now is Seth Rollins. And um, I don't know if you watch the current product that much. Like off and on. I don't have cable, so I don't have Raw or SmackDown, but like the network, I get every pay-per-view. Right. Consistently. So I'm keeping track through that and YouTube and just... I you could tell about a year ago something went off because he blew out his knee and went away for a while right in the middle of his world title run which was awesome because he was that old school coward heel and he had the J&J security cutting people off he had corporate Kane helping him Mm -hmm. he had Steph and Triple H I I hate the authority it's just a dumb like it's It's just a way to get them on TV yeah but it's a there's still like the greatest villain of all time and I'll admit it is Vince McMahon Period. Yeah. Like, I know that he says that the most money-making period in the history of that company was the Stone Cold Steve Austin era. And that's mind-boggling when you think there was the Hogan era, which was worldwide. There, But you look, I mean, you look back at the crowds, they're in the 80s, obviously they were huge. But in, in the Attitude Era, the Stone Cold Era, everyone's got a shirt, everyone's got a sign, everyone is freaking out at everything. So, like, I can I can totally see how that probably would have been the money because like Hulk Hogan was yeah like Hogan was everything but you didn't walk around seeing Hulkamania shirts everywhere not really because there was no internet there was no you had to maybe mail away in WWE (laughs) F magazine call one nine hundred yeah yeah like oh god the lines (laughs) (laughs) right now on the hot on the superstar line Um, Sean Mooney here yeah (laughs) Cornette was just talking about him that's kind of funny about how like talented was it Mooney. Who's the other guy that with the dark hair and the one earring? Uh, yeah. Uh, I can't remember. Maybe that's who. One of them was like a former disc jockey that became a WWF yeah. guy. But yeah, like, yeah, it's just the internet happened and then Austin happened. And every, like one in three people had a Stone Cold shirt of some kind. And it just, yeah. And he says to this day, and like even now, like when you think that... 
Hogan's main run was what, maybe 83 to like people started not liking him as much in the early kind of 90s, early right? 90s, yeah, 90, and when you think that John Cena has been like up until maybe this year, the number one babyface for what, 15 years? Yeah. And the money he's pumped through. And I think they said the only time he wasn't the number one moneymaker was when Punk took him over. That makes sense. But Punk had a lot of cool, like, non-kitty merchandise, right? Mm-hmm. And he dealt with the non-kitty audience, right? I always loved his analogy that he was Batman and John Cena was Superman. Yeah. Yeah, I can see that. Like, the the white bread baby face and then, like... The dark pu- brooding guy. Yeah, like yeah. the brooding, darker, doesn't always do everything perfectly right kind of hero, right? But, like, I think they needed him at the time. And, like... I had kind of come and gone like I think I quit around the time like when was everyone passing away there like um, Eddie Benoit that would have been mid 2000 years ago yeah, yeah like 10 12 years that's kind of when I petered out right and then when they announced Brett coming back that got your interest back that got my interest back and then when The Rock came back and hosted Wrestlemania and that's right when Punk started elevating his game right so like I came in and I'm like Cena, okay, whatever. Orton, he was there last time when I watched whatever. Orton is Orton. It's like Helmsley, whatever. Like the newest, the newer generation, like DiBiase's kid, mm-hmm. Cody Rhodes. Like there was Kofi's all right. Like he was in that new influx or whatever. But it was all like. Whatever yeah. happened to his accent, by the way? <laughs> I've been asked that like three times in the last month. That's really? such a, Yeah. <laughs> Anytime Kofi comes up, whoever I'm talking wrestling with is like, wasn't he Jamaican? <laughs> but now he's in the New Day. But yeah, and it's just like, I didn't, no one really jumped out of me, right? And then Punk would cut these like earnest, good promos and he'd put them together with like really good matches, right? Mm-hmm. And he had some amazing rivalries, like that Straight Edge Society, like I think they nixed it because it was getting a, too much backlash. Where back in the day, if it was Roddy Piper, they didn't care. They're like, good, there's eyes on us. But now all of a sudden, it's like, guy grows his beard out. He wants to be like, faux evil, like, um, cult leader type thing. And I think that pushed a lot of the wrong buttons for a publicly traded company. It really is a different time, though, because you can't... I mean, if they ran some of the stuff they did in the 70s, 80s, and 90s now, they'd be run out of town. Their shareholders would be pissed. You know, they can't do it anymore. Yeah, and that like was a it. lot of the really, really edgy, kind of, well, especially, obviously the Attitude Area is kind of its only little thing, but I mean, even some, you look at, uh, one of the feuds I remember from the 80s is uh, Brutus Beefcake and Outlaw Ron Bass. And I remember when I was a kid, I was watching Ron Bass use his spurs on Brutus Beefcake's forehead, and I was freaked out. And they had I, the I thing mean, through the screen saying censored. Yeah. But you could still see what you was going on. You could still see yeah. there was blood and everything. And yeah, it was, I mean, it freaked me out as a kid. I mean, if they did that now, there'd be lawsuits, you know. Like, it, it's it's tough to, and everybody wants to be a cool heel too, right? Everybody wants to be a heel that's cheered a little bit. That's the NWO effect. Yeah. Which I despise. Or even DX back in the day. Yeah, because they were being chirpy assholes and sadly most wrestling fans are chirpy assholes (laughs) (laughs) and yeah and that was yeah like there was no who was I was listening to one podcast it must have been something with Bischoff maybe and it was like everyone was cheering the bad guys and booing the WCW guys Mm -hmm. and that's not what you do but they just let Hall and Nash do what they do and they ended up being cool right so then it's like 
like the survey that's not a villain thing yeah. well and and the tough thing about the nwo too is that it was really cool when it was hall and nash it was okay when six came along and then the more guys he added the worse it got and norton. until finally like 98 percent of the company was nwo well, what the hell's yeah. the point because right? they added norton but he was nwo japan and came over bagwell giant joined them right away um dibiase macho macho for a while. vincent virgil um, and it grew and grew and grew, yeah. And it was, what was it, Sting and... He was in Wolfpack, Yeah, Wolfpack. Though. But, and that was... That was another thing, like, it just, it, it got too popular. Yeah. So they, it's like, remember, I'm going to date myself here, remember Who Wants to Be a Millionaire? Yeah. Well, it blew up, and it was so popular that they decided, hey, let's have it on every night, and then everybody decided, well, this is kind of boring now, you know, because yeah. it's on every night. <laughs> and that's the thing total like, saturation yeah and still like to this day I think Bischoff's podcast is called 83 weeks because he just like he has that one period of 83 weeks where like he had Vince McMahon on the road lightning in a bottle yeah and he's proven now I think time and time again after that he just doesn't have the like and that was a stolen idea from New Japan right mm-hmm. like the invasion and they've tried it a few times like since then right like I think Nexus the, yeah like <laughs> and they crapped the bed on that one, too, because then Cena had to beat all of them at once, right? And it's just like, a hey, flush, goodbye, right? And then they tried to salvage them by, what was it, Nexus and the Core. Yeah. And Punk was the leader of one. I just, I don't know. I feel like um, Wade Barrett's career was just underwhelming. for, But he got hurt all the time, too, right? And, well, I remember I was watching, actually, the night he broke his arm. <laughs> they put the big inflatable cast on there. And yeah. that's the thing, like... I've noticed now, like, it, they can't work hurt because now it's all in the public eye. And, like, when you watch chair shots, there's no chair shots to the head anymore. Mm-hmm. And it removes a bit of the reality, but we know why they're doing it, right? Like, the Benoit thing, if anything, completely changed the way they view head injuries and everything going forward. Like, I can't think of any horrific. Well, and it's really, sorry, Benoit was really kind of almost the first, one of the first big cases of people knowing what CTE is. Mm-hmm. Like he had the brain of an 85-year-old dementia patient and he was yeah. my age. Yep. You know, how scary is that? Yeah, and it's just, and I remember they talked to Harley Race after and he was having problems and he said it's the flying headbutt. Yeah. And I'm sure that's other stuff too. Like he wrestled such a Calgary style, which was still that very crisp, hard-hitting, realistic, a lot of people mm-hmm. call it strong style now, but like the Stampede had the same style. Yep. Very realistic um, I remember Brett describing it as like it looks like I'm kicking you full on in the face and I'm like you you're hitting them but it's just that perfect amount of like it's like the old story Ric Flair uh, the 30 for 30 you watched that I yeah. assume that the towel very in the doorway yeah. it was a towel or a string I can't remember it was a string I think yeah and make it look but don't move the string yeah. and it's, I remember talking about that with my friend Bevan who's one of the wrestlers and he was on the podcast I remember talking about like it's the art because like you know who throws the best punch? Terry mm-hmm. Funk. Terry Funk throws the best punch in re- Well, did. And he's 75 years old now. Yeah. Because he was the he was a <clears throat> southpaw and he made it look like it hurt like hell. And See, it probably did. But yeah. it just it looks so Was he cool. allowed to throw a left? Yeah. Cause the first two months of training was me learning to be right handed. Really? John Cena's a lefty. Oh, I didn't know that. Watch his matches. You'll never know. Huh. because um, I was sitting with the some of the guys and they were they rattled off like five WWE guys that are left-handed because 
American professional wrestling is 100% right-handed. So every time you call her an elbow, it's your left hand behind their neck, your right hand on their left arm. I suppose, yeah. And you're, and when you're working something over, and I loved learning this part of it, it's nice to have some of the curtain pulled open and learn. Mm-hmm. Um, you always work the left arm and you always work the left leg. Now, if you go back and watch, that's what's going on all the time. I'll have to do that. Because, boom. So, yep. and then... He grabs, yep. boom, arm over, right? Huh. Or when you're working the leg, you're working the left leg. And you it's just what you learn. It's like you're always throwing and attacking with the right, and you're always defending and you're hurt on the left side. Hmm. Like some guys might do something on the fly that it's the other way around, maybe in the older days, but like it just seems like, and since I trained and everything. I'm yeah. almost 100% certain uh, Funk was throwing lefts. See, yeah, and like. Not I'm, Flash Funk, Terry Funk. <laughs> two Flash, different guys you so funky <laughs> I always think of you with Howard Finkel still to this day Flash funk <laughs> and that was another thing because um, I'm all over the place do you remember when Del Rio would have his personal ring announcer oh I love that and then the one month when Punk won the title from him he had his own personal ring announcer <laughs> and he brought out Howard Finkel for himself <laughs> and it was awesome and you could tell he just did it to geek out for himself right because you want still I think to this day you want to hear Howard Finkel say your name because he's been there from day one I don't want like no offense to them I don't want to hear Justin Roberts or Lillian Garcia well, it's kind of like you know Bruce Buffer or, yeah uh, what's uh, his his brother uh, there's Bruce and Michael Michael thank you <laughs> how do I know Bruce's name and not Michael <laughs> yeah but UFC still going like, yeah I suppose is the other one still doing boxing I think so yeah huh I still remember him on Simpsons going Due to popular demand, we will forego the national anthem. Just <laughs> <laughs> probably close to being a thing again. Yeah, you're not kidding. Yeah, I I don't know. I, I don't watch as much wrestling as I used to, but... Uh, and that's the thing is like... I, I think my all-time favorite heel, though, or all-time favorite wrestler probably was Jake the Snake. Because he would speak in this tone, and he would scare the living crap out of you. Yeah. I remember one Saturday Night's main event where he was standing in the shower with Damien over his shoulder and Gene Okerlund is like kind of like <laughs> doing like selling totally yeah. the fear and like and it's the whole thing it's the eye contact and the conviction mm-hmm. and you're right he would never raise his voice but he would talk um, I'm gonna have to look it up because I guess he had a feud with Ted DiBiase after DiBiase was at the world title tier he came down a little bit mm-hmm. and I don't remember it i guess he had an amazing feud with jake roberts over the million dollar title see and i just remember jake roberts and rick rude always fighting and because that was so awesome the i remember watching superstars when he tried to he offered kissing um robert's wife (laughs) and now when you listen to podcasts I can't remember if it was Cornette or Pritchard or who. They were like, the reason they did that angle was to bring Jake's wife on the road to babysit him. Oh, really? Because that. Ah, um, that makes sense. When he got hit over the head with a guitar by the honky It was a man, real guitar. Yeah, it wasn't It wasn't gimmicked. And that he said that hurt his neck and that started the painkillers yep. and just escalated, right? But yeah, they brought her on to kind of like road travel with him and just stop the partying because... Um, he was pretty much at that tier where he was number two babyface under Hogan for a while. Mm-hmm. And it's like, at some point, like, and he never got that feud with Hogan. And I remember him telling the story. He was like, um, they had him attack and turn on Hogan, but then everyone in the crowd started chanting DDT. Instead, oh, really? Instead of going, oh my God, he attacked Hogan. 
And so when he said when he walked backstage, Vince looked at him and said, this feud is not happening. Oh, Instantly, right? And he would have been... Makes so, sense, though. Right. Yeah. And like, but yeah, he's... And I remember he trained Raven. And Raven is probably my favorite 90s promo. Like Very similar. Absolutely. Yep. The sit in the... Like, the psychology was there. Mm-hmm. The sit and skulk in the corner. Never raise your voice. Very eloquent. You get across what you want to say. You're vile. You're a villain still. Like, because mm-hmm. I love villain Jake more. Like, but I guess the thing I was listening to said that his best promo ever was WrestleMania 5, 6. I can't remember. He was facing DiBiase and they said he had this beautiful, like, four or five minute thing about how money doesn't matter and just went on this beautiful, like, mm-hmm. spiel, right? In the Jake Roberts way. So I'm going to have to find it somewhere. Because, like, you know, it seems like he's the, the kind of guy that would be able to come in after a night of just wrecking the town walk in and they say okay do a five minute promo on why you you know you're gonna kick the crap out of Rick Rude and he'd just be able to rattle it off like that and they just go wander off again Okerlund called him one take Jake I can imagine you know <laughs> just, whereas a guy like Bret Hart he was so nervous when he first got to the WWE or WWF he had to wear sunglasses because his eyes had dart back and forth all the time is that it yeah, yeah. it's just and I love it's so funny because like I didn't know if you heard me I was talking were you in Luther when Paul Sitter was there? Yep. Okay, yeah. Paul's probably my best friend now. And um, he always gives me things to watch. And I always end up going back to the network. And he's like, dude, what is so great that you have to go back and watch 1980s wrestling? And I'm just like, it was like the perfect storm, right? Like, it was before it was sports entertainment. It was before the curtain got pulled wide open. Um, there was those selective wrestling. Like, Hogan was Hogan, right? Whatever. Mm-hmm. And Warrior was Warrior. But like you said, there was Roberts who had an amazing feud with Macho Ravish Man Margaret. was one of my favorites. Macho too. Man, Steamboat. Yeah. Like there was such talent, right? Like if you got past the Vince McMahon, like Razzle Dazzle. It like, was almost, you know, when I was growing up, I almost liked the Intercontinental race more than the, the heavyweight race because it was like always Hogan's, right? There was the workers' title. Yeah. Up until. Hmm. No, there was lots of good ones. Like, perfect, though, would be like... If you take Bret out of it, because I'm very biased towards Bret Hart, right? Um, did you see when he showed up on the TV for uh, UFC? No. <laughs> they gave him comp tickets, I guess. So, you have front row Bret the Hitman Hart at UFC. Nice. When the camera cuts over to him, um, Daniel Cormier is the one on commentary. Mm-hmm. He cuts the most... Um, you could tell he's a wrestling fan. Because he's like, oh my God, it's Bret Hart. The best there is. The best there was. The best there ever will be. Rattled off all of his title accomplishments and everything. Just off the top of his head. Wow. And it was awesome. But Bret's there with his son, Blaze? Blade? Blade. Blade. And he's a grown man now, right? And when you remember wrestling with shadows, he was like a I know. kid, right? It's like Foley's kids, right? Like when The Rock beat the crap out of him, his kid Dewey and um, yeah, they Noel were, were little, little kids. Five, frying. maybe? Yeah. Yeah, now she's like Instagram superstar, right? He's going to be murdering a lot of people someday. <laughs> He's too nice, though. That's, I know. What Could you it? imagine going, you know, like, having a date with Nick, uh, Mick Foley's daughter and then going to visit Mick? Like, he couldn't even be mad. He'd be like, hey, how are you doing? You know? I tried watching Holy Foley because. Once again, I get everything that they do on demand. They're just too nice. No, it's just... <laughs> I just... I just want to watch him. 
They go because yeah. Dewey got a job at WWE as a writer, so they kind of focused a little on that. Oh, I didn't know that. And then they focused on Noelle and her weirdo boyfriend and how the interact awkward interactions with Mick. And then there's like Mick's wife, who was beautiful at the time, also right. It's her trying to pressure Noelle. It's very reality show, and it's yeah. I would rather just kind of like have a camera follow him around yeah, for a couple just, days. Uh, I would, yeah, I would rather watch Mick Foley to, to take a nap and maybe fall out of the couch. Go wash his car. Yeah, you know? like <laughs> he's one of those guys that, like, I think he's like the shining example of nice guys don't finish last, right? Like, mm-hmm. and, well, uh, and especially the era he was in because that was back when guys were shooting steroids in their ass and doing blow and you know, and Vince, no showing yeah. left, right, and center and. You know, guys are, the business is so different now, thankfully, because, I mean, guys are probably more concerned about protein powder than they are about powder. Oh, so that's, they play video games now. Yeah. So uh, things have changed a lot, which is good. But uh, yeah, the fact that Mick Foley was successful as such a nice guy in that era is even more amazing. Yeah. And I think it was just like, um, they just celebrate. Yeah, he just did a tour. It was um, it's the twentieth anniversary this year of hell, of the Hell in the yes. Cell. Yes. Yeah. And um, yeah, I remember listening to Cornette because he was there at the time, and he talked about like how the match was supposed to happen mm-hmm. and what actually happened <laughs> and where it went sideways. And he, it was awesome because like things people don't think about is he went on this tangent about the composure of the Undertaker after thinking he killed a guy twice. Yeah. Yeah, like, like he didn't run down in panic or anything. Yeah, like, he just he was himself. And the fact that Foley never once before the pay per view climbed up on the cage and looked down to see what he needed to do. He one take flip land flat on an announcer table. And quite honestly, it was probably the best landing he probably could have done because he hit it pretty flush. It's just he slipped off a little bit into yeah. the guardrail. Yeah, and like I mean, it could have gone so badly. That's the thing. Like, and that's when they had the metal guardrails. Like, if he oh. over he like. <sighs> How many years was that before Owen? Two years? Uh, one. Because okay. Owen was 99. Because I remember them talking. They said if anything worse would have happened in that Foley match, they guarantee that no one would have ever been allowed up high again. Mm-hmm. And that probably would have nixed the Owen Hart thing, which sucks, right? But I've never understood why that was even a thing. It's Vince Russo. Like you can be the blue blazer hero type guy without having to fly they'll never admit it but i still think they're punishing him for absolutely absolutely like you could see it every week you know any anybody associated with bret hart to come out they get the crap kicked out of him yeah i'm amazed they gave davy another run um when he came back and had the blue jean look but that's after he had that horrible staff infection from that uh the ultimate warrior trap door just warrior rest in peace (laughs) (laughs) But apparently Ultimate Warrior was not a nice man when he was alive. Well, back when he was wrestling. Just not great to do business with, which is fine, right? Like, um, I guess the whole Triple H match when he returned that one year Mm -hmm. was supposed to be a whole long match. And as Helmsley was getting ready to walk out before Warrior, Warrior pulled him aside and said, like, whatever, um, no sell, press, slam, squash, done. Really? Yeah. They were supposed to be like warrior fighting back right and it's not how he saw it huh i always thought it was punishment for um him being in for helmsley being in the click yeah yeah but uh it wasn't <laughs> you know it's funny how some of those guys had such pull you yeah know? and like to a point in the late 80s 
and early 90s when Warrior walked out. Like, he got fired the one time because he was the first guy to using human growth hormone. <laughs> right around the time of the scandal, right? Yeah. Because I guess he phoned Vince and he's like, they arrested this doctor. That's the guy who supplies me with HGH. <laughs> and Vince is like, this conversation's over and you're fired. And I guess Warrior also in the conversation was like, just a heads up, guy sells to Bulldog. And that's why him and Bulldog disappeared. Really? In 91 or 92, yeah. Huh. Because they were the two guys on human growth and some doctor got arrested that had them on file, right? It's amazing how many guys were on that crap though. Like you steroids or human growth hormone? That's it was it's totally you know, it's totally a different look now. You look back at some of those old wrestlers, it's like you could totally tell who was on gas, right? Oh. But you need they're to. just so bloated. The two things that I heard Cornette say that made the most sense to me was the McMahon territory, even when it was senior, was always a babyface territory. Because Bruno was champion for 280 years, mm-hmm. <laughs> and then it read, and then it was like I can't remember who beat him. Was it a she, superstar? Yeah, I think it might have been. I can't remember. But then it was like within a month, yeah. Backland, Backland loses it to Sheik within a week. Hogan, Hogan. and then Hogan seamlessly went into like, um, well, he lost to Andre, and then Babyface Savage takes it over. They have their yeah. meltdown. Babyface, Ho- like it's just it's a Babyface territory, and it makes sense to me, right? Like. Everyone wants the happy ending at the end of the night, mm-hmm. right? So he called it a babyface territory. Totally makes sense to me when you think the NWA was ruled by Ric Flair. Ric Flair, yeah. The evil world champion. So you had your two separate entities, right? And one was like, always had that vile world champion that you wanted to see your local guy beat because the NWA world champion would travel through all the territories. And then there's McMahon who has like his shining good guy. I remember back when we first got cable, sorry to interrupt, but uh, I saw the NWA for the first time and Missy Hyatt was beating the crap out of somebody with her purse and my grandpa was just killing himself laughing. He was in tears. He's like, this is awesome. (laughs) But yeah, like we didn't see much, even WCW we didn't see much of, really. No, I never got that. Saturday afternoons was Stampede and Maple Leaf Wrestling, which was the... Canadian version of the WWF, which was run by, um, I can't remember the guy's name now. Uh, Jack Tunney. Tunney, no? right. Yeah. He had the north north of the border area. And um, so I would watch Calgary and People WWF religiously. And then for a little while, I can't remember what cable package we got it through, like wherever we got our feed from, because you would get your NBC, ABC, yep. and CBS affiliates, plus whatever. And for a while, we got georgia south wrestling oh really and before they came up i got to see one man gang jim duggan and ted dibiase nice and this opened the curtain for me a bit because they were all different like duggan has been duggan from day one like over like the brawler baby face right but i think dibiase was this vile villain or not dibiase no dibiase was a baby face yes he was fighting the one man gang gang and then he came over and he was this rich guy and that's the first time in my head i'm like Wait a minute. <laughs> Why is he a different person yeah. now? Because network television started ruining the territories, yeah. right? Because everything got opened up, right? But it was super cool. And, um, oh yeah, Cornette's thing. Um, he said it was a big guy territory also. Above, yes. So it was a good guy territory, like a babyface territory, but it was the land of the giants. Like, And to this day, he'll probably attribute, like when you walk into their headquarters, the statue's Andre. Yeah. And because that's who Senior used mm-hmm. to get all of his leverage. And so it was like, it was the Andres, the Hogans, like the bigger than life. And even to this day, like, um, who came up with Vanilla Midgets? Kevin Nash. 
he called like Eddie Guerrero and Chris Benoit, like the cruiserweight guys and the smaller guys. His term for them was vanilla midgets and his whole, because he, yeah, but Shawn Michaels was the same size. And he called Shawn Michaels the Michael Jordan of pro wrestling. Yeah. See, but he said that a world and it's still Nash, right? Like he's a pretty intellectual guy, but his thing is the world champion when he walks through the airport should look like a world champion. He should be big, imposing and look like he could kick the crap out of people. Okay, but yeah, like you said, like, but but without the underdog smaller guy, you know, what is it just going to be two huge guys fighting for the title all the time? That's not really. I mean, that gets boring. Like, <clears throat> yeah, but like Braun Spro- Braun Strowman versus Brock Lesnar times six or Roman Reigns, you know, like big Reigns, guys are yeah. big guys are great. I mean, he's not huge; he's more tall, but big guys are great. But you got to throw in a little variety. Uh, I heard it mentioned one time that. Uh, Wrestling's kind of like uh, the circus. You kind yeah. of pick and choose what you want. And there's, you know, for some people, there's a trapeze. For some people, there's the elephants or whatever. You know, there's all sorts of variety. And a wrestling show kind of has to be like that, too, to hold people's attention. I mean, there's got to be stuff for kids. There's got to be, you know, a few things for adults. And you know, Oh, yeah. There's some big guys, some small guys, some women, some, you know. Yeah, and to this day, like, I know he's come through here. Like, Colt Cabana sells himself as comedy wrestling. Mm-hmm. And that's why he's never made it big, because Vince isn't big on the comedy wrestling. The only like notable like comedy guy I can think of in the last twenty years is probably Santino, Santino. Morel. Yeah, but and he would get thrown like the U.S. title or something. Like I think the IC title was completely meaningless for twenty years. Also, right? Like, yeah. Um, somewhere after Mister Ass winning it, but <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, and it's just titles meant nothing. And there's the European title, and it's just. The hardcore title. Um, that served its purpose in the time, and uh, it gave some really amazing matches between RVD and Jeff Hardy, which probably took years off both their lives. Probably. Um, I just remember Spike Dudley being thrown around like a rag doll all the time. Just, well, isn't Edge our age? Yep. Yeah. Uh, roughly, yeah. Yeah. And he's been retired for how long? I know. <laughs> because of TLC matches? Oh, I don't Christian know. is retired. Yeah. Jeff Hardy's gone again. Oh, is he? Oh, yeah. They oh, is did, that why uh, that's Randy why Orton, Orton rubbed the... Yeah. Oh, okay. He's hurt. That's why the pay-per-view match was two seconds long with Shinsuke. Huh. Is he's hurt. So they did this, and now they got Randy Orton to kind of like rub him out, now he can go away, and that's two big injuries. So they're lucky that Matt had his own shtick, mm-hmm. which I think they've ruined also. Yeah. I never watched it on the indies, so I don't know how great the whole... I still like Matt 2.0. Yeah, Matt Hardy version two was good. Yeah. He, but I don't know. I think his peak was when the internet finally came into its own and people found out that Edge and Lita were together. Yeah. And Matt got fired. And there was this huge internet roar to bring him back. And they did. Mm -hmm. And then, like, I remember when he showed up and attacked Edge, people went nuts, right? Like, that Matt Hardy was up there. And the, but he's always, yeah, he's had probably like two or three good reinventions of himself. Mm -hmm. Because, Let's face it, everyone likes Jeff no matter what. Yeah, but he's such a train wreck sometimes. Now with injuries, but more so before with all the addiction stuff. Well, did you see the one pay-per-view? With Sting? Yeah. Yeah. That was very uncomfortable to watch. Yeah. I I felt bad for Sting. It's like, what do you do? Yeah. You just have to pin the guy. Yeah. Get the hell out of Dodge. Against his will. Yeah. Kind of like a screw job thing. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And it's just, but Jeff did crazy shit and now he's paying for it and like 
they started, I think they were on WWF TV at like 17 mm-hmm. and lied about their ages for dark matches, right? Like, yep. that's a long career and they're still young, but like Edge, Christian, Hurt, Dudley's retired. I don't know if any of them are still going. I don't think so. I, I yeah. People that do matches like TLC on a regular basis. Like how many are, ECW guys are still clipping? That how many, aren't how many like, guys are still walking? <laughs> Honestly, like... I think... Taz got hurt young enough that he's okay. Yeah. Cause he they he got hurt and they just moved him into announcing. And I like his podcast is supposed to be really good too. Yeah. But I like his I like his opinion. He's pretty blunt with stuff. Mm-hmm. Like some guys like <laughs> Pritchard, I don't know if he's because now he's his show moved on to the network, right? Oh. And now it's so he's he probably has, limited as to what he can so say. So he has yeah. something to wrestle with, but now on the WWE network with cameras, there's something else to wrestle with. So like it may have been a long-standing ploy to get back in with the network. Mm. Cause it's WWF money, right? Right. But like Cornette, I'll listen to from now till forever. I agree with him a hundred percent. And I know all the new generation of people, especially the indie guys in town here, don't like him. Cause he just calls it flippy shit and bullshit and moves on, right? Like well, and we talked about it before. A lot of the wrestling now, there's no reason behind. No, no reason behind feuds. No reason behind matches. Like there's no strategy. There's no. Um, there's just no thought put behind it. It's just basically okay. You two guys go out there, do your ten minute thing, and whatever. Like you're not invested in the characters. You're not invested in the product. See, and I heard a lot of that when they did that was by um. Vince McMahon's design that he wanted to be the reason you came to the stadium was to come watch WWE he I can't remember it was Pritchard or Cornette they said there was a specific moment in time where something bad happened or something went screwed him over and in his head he's like screw it I'm not saying come see like Hulk it's going to be come see a live WWE performance and you notice that's their language about it too Mm -hmm. they don't like they might they'll babble about themselves and then they'll start listing what the matches are, right? Yeah. And it's all about the WWE live experience. And that's what they call it. Like when they came to town here, um, it was a WWE live experience, right? And they're selling it as as they're the stars. And then there's just a bunch of wrestlers. Yeah. They and like seen as the only like megastar I think they've produced, right? And like still when someone like The Rock shows up, one of the 90s guys, he just overshadows him by a mile, right? Strowman has got something going if they use them right that's that's the Nicholas factor <laughs> did you watch Wrestlemania no Nicholas was the 10 year old boy oh right yeah <laughs> it was like Jimmy Corderas or one of the refs kids yeah but yeah like that it's so funny because like I just and it's awesome because the internet was full of so many rumors like who's going to be Strowman's partner and yeah he goes and grabs his 10 year old kid right yeah. and like I'll have to show you the match. It's so beautiful because it's him against the bar who like, I hate what they've done to Cesaro. Like I've never liked Seamus, but yeah. like I also hear he's a dick too, which kind of skews my opinion of him. I'm just tired of him. Right. Like, but Cesaro, and it's like awesome. Cause Strowman was in there cause it's a kid. Mm-hmm. You can't have him fight. And so like, he's in there fighting and beating the crap out of him. And then they turn the tide on him and start beating on him, start beating on him. And he crawls to the corner. And when he tags this 10 year old kid, the crowd goes bonkers. <laughs> and so the kid like creeps into the ring and he's looking around and you have like 80,000 or a hundred thousand or whatever chanting his name. 
And then he's just like, screw this, turns around, tags Strowman, and darts <laughs> out of the ring. But, like, I know I shouldn't like it, but that's one of those, like, like I still like the, the big brute guy, right? And, like, Strowman's perfect if they treat him properly. And I think mm-hmm. the Kevin Owens thing is exactly what he needs to polish himself right now. Because Owens is playing the absolute perfect coward who picks his spots, right? Mm-hmm. And I that's... I love that Kevin Owens was the Universal Champion. Because, like, he's another one that I'll lump in with Foley that probably never should have. Well, everybody, everywhere you turn, everyone's making fun of his weight or this yeah, or that, he, you know. I guarantee Vince hates the fact that he wrestles in a t-shirt. Yep. He's not a body guy. No. Nope. But they had to take a left turn because um, Balor got hurt. Because I think Balor was the first Universal Champ and gave the title up the next day. Yeah, he got hurt the night he won, didn't he? Yeah. Yeah. And so they had to give the tie, but he still finished the match. He's another guy that I think is super underappreciated. And um, a lot of his intercontinental stuff with Seth Rollins is amazing. Um, it just seems like some guys struggle. They struggle to find their niche within the company. Like you'd think it'd work with some some people and it just doesn't seem to work or they don't click with a certain wrestler or whatever. But or they just make stupid decisions and with their character. Yeah. I don't think Vince trusts people anymore or the company. Someone is very careful about putting a title on somebody once they've proven they're injury prone. Um, my ultimate example of this is Dolph Ziggler. Yeah. Won the title, got a concussion. He will never touch a world title again. He knows it. You can tell. He finally got a fire lit under his ass now with this Drew McIntyre thing. Yeah. Um, don't want to have my voice there <laughs> um but yeah it's just like and they it's it's too bad too because i mean it's not his fault it just happened you know he got knocked in the head during a match yeah but uh and people were dying they were they man when he cashed in that money in the bank they were going nuts the night after mania yeah that raw and yeah like that little faction with him and biggie and aj was awesome and they just kept like there's people and they were waiting with bated breath for like the music to hit mm-hmm. unlike Carmella where it's like oh fuck <laughs> <laughs> like I haven't seen a good match with her yet that's like when my news intro goes off all oh, this fucking asshole again <laughs> it's the swearing guy <laughs> <laughs> hey I only did that once it's gonna cost us our three viewers sorry <laughs> listeners um, yeah and it's just like someone pointed that out to me that once you get an injury or two they don't want to put it's the true. rocket pack on you anymore yeah. right and in the old day because now there's doctors everywhere right in the old days, they would have just gutted it out. Right. Like, um, I remember, I think it was Wrestling with Shadows, where Brett talked about Dino Bravo breaking his ribs and how fast he turned around because he needed money. Mm-hmm. And he didn't want to let Vince down, right? Like, And it was like three or four ribs. Yeah. Like, he landed on one of those guardrails. Oh, In the match where he won, uh. the, like, the match from Saskatoon where he won the world title, he had a finger, like, bent backwards. Oh. And if you watch it, I can't remember what happens. He's in the corner, and I think Flair kicks him and hits the finger and bends it back. And you can see, because Perfect was managing Flair at the time, you can see Perfect look, see the finger, and turn away and wince. And Brett just goes, pops it back in, goes and wins the title, right? Hmm. Because wrestling hurt was... Something you had to do. It was unwritten mandatory. Mm -hmm. You just worked hurt. Well, it's the same. I mean, it's the same in any other sport. Guys in the NHL playing with broken legs or guys in the NFL playing with through concussions. Yeah. Well, you know, walk it off, get back in the field. Well, we've yeah. seen what that does to people and this, now. Yeah. That's, 
the NFL lawsuit was the big one because they won, didn't they? Like how many? Wasn't that like billions of dollars? The Players Association won. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, and that's so that'll scare Vince. That'll scare. I don't know what the NHL is doing. Like, there's some. People, there's a concussion against the or a lawsuit a suit? against the NHL. Is there? Okay. Yeah. yeah, and it's just there is one against WWE. Yeah, but like the people on board with it are like Billy Jack Skinner. <laughs> but the big notable one from there is Demolitions on board. Yes, that is why the New Day broke their record. Oh really? The Demolition was the longest reigning tag team champions. I used to love those guys. Ever amazing. Preferred them over the Road Warriors. Oh, a uh, hundred times out of a hundred. Um, Road Warriors were. Did yeah. you ever see the footage of the original um, Demolition before Darso was brought in? No. It was Moondog Spot. Oh really? Yeah, it was Bill Eady and Moondog Spot. Huh. And the fans started chanting, Moon Dog, Moon Dog. So they're like, we need to find someone else. And that's when Edie... Um, it was a repo man. Bill Edie was the mass superstar in Japan. Yeah. He was Axe. Yeah, yeah, and then they grabbed... Repo, yeah, they grabbed the repo man and yeah. put him on the suit. Darso. Yeah. And Darso was some southern territory. He was an evil Russian because he hung out with like the Koloffs and stuff, right? <laughs> and I guess he had... He gimmicked up all in and he had... So if you ever see Smash... His, his elbow pads up on his arm here to cover the Russian sickle tattoo that he got. Oh, really? Or, or what was it? Or an eagle. It was something that he had to cover so people didn't know he was the same gimmick. Ah. Makes sense. Makes sense. And then over time, he grew his mullet out, right? It kind of, you know, it kind of makes me laugh, though, that uh, you look at the way Demolition was dressed now, it's like some sort of BDSM nightmare. <laughs> Especially with the <laughs> hockey masks. Like... <laughs> And it's bring just, out the gimp yeah oh it's totally yeah it's terrifying in whole new ways right but like and that was during the rock and wrestling era and like as a kid i would have been maybe 10 to 12 when this was all going on right so like 84 to 80 demolition would have probably been closer to 86 so 12 and um just the look and then was it rick derringer yep yeah, that song. Here come the yaks. Yeah. Here comes the smash. And it's just entrance music mattered, and it sucks. Mention, the, the second you mentioned Demolition, I got that song in my yeah, head. Yeah, absolutely, right? Like, And it died when Crush came on board, because Bill Eadie was hurt all the time, right? Well, he had a heart thing. Was that it? And then, But yet they still wrestle in the indies now. Well, yeah, he had a heart thing, and, and so I think Vince McMahon panicked, and then they realized, okay, his heart's okay, but he never really got back into the role. Yeah, see, and that sucks because yeah, crush, and I didn't mind crush like, just wasn't the same though. No, the only time I thoroughly enjoyed him, and it's weird, was when it was him and um, Adam Baum as Chronic in WCW because they had just that cool, the two big bruiser look, Mm -hmm. right? But (laughs) Adam Baum, just terrible. But yeah, Uh. and then like the music, right? Like the Derringer song, um. Because I think they just fired Jim Johnson in the last five years. And yeah, it was just a couple years ago, I think. Yeah, it's like pretty recently. But like when you think what he's responsible for, like Ultimate Warriors theme, how much of that was the the hype? Because mm-hmm. just that, just a simple guitar and him running. Yeah, right. Like, and it's so funny because I remember I watched a whole bunch of his stuff because he did the documentary before he passed away, and him saying about how he would run to the ring and the old timers would be like, "Kid, don't do that." And he'd get in the ring and start shaking the ropes. And they're like, kid, that's stupid. Don't do that. And he'd tie the tassels around his arms. They're like, that looks stupid. Don't do that. And he's like, if they're mad, I must be doing something right because they feel I'm taking their spot. It was a cool way of thinking Very true. of it, right? Yeah. Like, 
It's so weird that him and Sting trained together. Really? Yeah. Huh. There was some guy in California, he found five bodybuilders and trained them all to wrestle. And he had packaged, um, what were they called? Blade, Run- Blade Runners? Yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah, and that was Sting and Warrior. That's right. The Blade Runners. Yeah. Rock and something. Blade Runner, Rock and Blade Runner. I can't remember. But yeah, and it was because of um, Hellwig thinking he was hot shit. He effed off to go to the Von Erichs territory and kind of left Sting high and dry. Because he went and did the Dingo Warrior thing. That's right. Hmm? That's right, yeah. I think it was it was a Dingo? Yeah, just Dingo Warrior. Atro- atrocious name. <laughs> <laughs> and then, yeah, and then Sting just became the WC... He just turned into Sting from WCW, right? And I remember because, like, I never got to watch the product, so we would get, like, rest- Pro Wrestling Illustrated. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you ever bought that when we were young, yep. right? I'd and, always check to see who was the top wrestler in the yeah, other and territories. Yeah, Exactly, because it would have AWA, and like that's where I learned Kurt Hennings and Scott Hall's names way mm-hmm. before, right? Because they were the AWA guys. Well, and they, I used to get ESPN Classic, and they used to play that stuff all the time. And they had really? Scott, Scott Hall, and back when he had the big duster mustache and the, when he the was mullet. big Scott Hall, yeah. yeah. And he was a good guy, and everyone was cheering him. And really, yeah, oh, yeah. I I remember seeing footage of him as the Diamond Stud. <laughs> Oh, kids. Kids in their first uh, first couple of uh, personas in wrestling makes me laugh. I think Kevin Nash wins that. Yeah. Vinny Vegas. Oz. Oz, yeah. <laughs> and they're all like, and him telling, because everyone who tells the story tells, because it's, it's a, it's a Dusty Rhodes. So it's like, baby, we're going to dress you up. We're going to put you in this withered hat and you're going to be wearing a, a mask. No one's going to see you behind this mask. And you're going to come out all grand spectacle. And, and it's so funny because I probably just butchered his voice. And it's like, <laughs> the American dream. Rest in peace. <laughs> yeah. Um, and Cody was just in the province too. He wrestled in Saskatoon. Oh, really? Yeah. For, the com- for HIW, the Saskatchewan company. Huh. It's so funny because like, they brought in Sas- according to the guys I never made it up to Saskatoon I did a few of the smaller shows like I did back home in Melville right and it's like I got my baby face pop in my hometown <laughs> and then I retired retired and um, I remember them saying that like Saskatoon is like the wrestling fans that care they're smart they're like they know all the different independent things and they know and they love it and Regina just it's that same 80 people that just come out because it's what they do and they do they're on their phones all the time and so it's funny when they did like their big events for like um winter and spring this year they all went up to Saskatoon they booked Cody Rhodes for Saskatoon to reward the wrestling fans and they booked Ryback for Regina (sighs) feed me more if that that isn't a statement of the fans but like I don't know have you I guess I haven't gone since I stopped but yeah like I've never been to one of the smaller shows Uh, Jake uh, Roberts was in yeah and that's uh, Melfort recently yeah that was CWE yeah we Um, weren't we weren't uh, we were out of town actually oh that sucks we couldn't make it but uh, one of my buddies that worked at the radio station he's working in Saskatoon right now he uh, he was the kind of the ring announcer sort of thing so we got to meet Jay Roberts and all that sort of stuff nice and that's the thing like Saskatchewan now has three wrestling companies crazy because of the politics and it's like it started with me training under that same guy that was my age and he was old school and whatever and then all of a sudden he sold it 
and then people disagreed with the new direction so one guy split off and started his own company so now there's two companies and then the big company from Manitoba CWE who comes Mm -hmm. through all the time he used to lend his wrestlers to this area but then now he started touring this area and he's the one that since he's bigger He's the one that he just came through with Ron Simmons, and it was the damn tour, right? Right. And before that, it was the Pick Your Poison tour with Jake the Snake Roberts, and before that, it was the Colt Boom Boom Cabana tour. And he, it's like Stampede. He has like a cycle, right? So he doesn't mm-hmm. come through as frequently. So when it comes through, it's a spectacle, right? And, um, but he always makes sure he has cool guys. Like he'll have at least a Ring of Honor named guy. Um, I think he had Joey Ryan, the dick suplex guy, a couple times ago. <laughs> I fucking hate that. Um, but yeah, he always has like the right amount of like internet darlings mm-hmm. and then a big name like Hall of Famer. And it works, right? And like, and at least he hits every spot. It's not just Regina Monthly or well, something. Well, and I asked uh, Ben how the crowds were. He said it was really good. So, And that's the thing because now like when the, when the newer guy bought the company... They start because it used to just be a show in Regina once a month and then maybe occasionally Saskatoon or Moose Jaw, right? Like nothing. And at least he started touring and hitting all the spots. But then, so the first, I was there the first time he hit Melville and it was awesome, right? Like, because they were like, here's Paul Trainee, whatever. And like, I came in and like saved someone at the end or something, right? And so the crowd's like, Ooh. <laughs> it was awesome, right? Like, it just makes you feel good, right? And that's kind of the babyface feeling I kind of wanted, right? And um, but then when you start going to Melville every six weeks, it's not a thing anymore. It's like oh yeah, there's one of our options like, on Friday night is yeah. wrestling. Oh, they're back. Huh. Yeah, right. Like yeah. I can afford to miss this one because I've got something to do. They'll be back in a couple weeks. Stampede yeah. Wrestling went to Melville twice in my entirety of my childhood. It was two or three times, maybe in Melford. And so everybody went. Yep. And I uh, remember my buddy got Johnny Smith's autograph. He was so stoked. Yeah. I got told off by Bad News Allen. <laughs> fucking awesome. Because it would have been right before he went off to the yeah. Fed, right? Like, because I think the the I think there was only four that went originally, right? The Bulldogs and the Heart Foundation. I think there was only the four, and yeah. then later, Honky rolled in. Bad News rolled in. And they were gonna bring Cuban Assassin in, if I'm not, if I remember correctly, but hmm. something happened because I I think I read it in Brett's book. They were hmm. going to bring in the Cuban assassin, but something happened and it didn't happen. But he was Cuban. Um, <laughs> I think maybe... Oh, I, I think I remember because him and Bad News got into a scrap one time in a bus or some freaking thing. So I just like Bad News because I guess he was one of the few that like told them on like the European tour, Andre made some racial slur to him. And he like flat out was like, stop the bus, let's go outside and fight to Andre the Giant. Mm-hmm. But he stood up for himself, right? And I guess after that, Andre thought he was awesome. <laughs> How do you stand up to Andre the Giant? <laughs> Holy crap. But I guess if you're called, was, a, called a racial slur, you'd be willing to fight anyone. But Bad News Allen was like what they called the old school shooter. Like, wasn't he an Olympian for judo? I wouldn't. Yeah, he was. I wouldn't mess with him. No. And like, there are certain guys where it's like, okay, he's a wrestler. He's probably tough because he lifts weights. But, you know, he's not a fighter. But yeah, Th- like, And then there are some guys like Haku and Bad, <laughs> Bad News and guys like that that you know would just punch a hole right through you i remember on one podcast i heard it was and it was like dick slater before he showed up in the fed and was the rebel Mm -hmm. but they said when he was in one small territory he would go out of his way after a show to go to like the shittiest club and find someone who was like oh fuck wrestler and wanted to test him 
so he could beat the crap I'd out just of people. Pummel him. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, but that's the old school yeah. way. Because like, if someone challenged, like, um, who was the guy who was it? Who slapped the reporter? Oh, uh, who was that? Vader. No, Vader. Uh, the big blonde curly hair. He was a stampede guy for ages. Um, Biff Wellington. Schultz. <laughs> oh yes. Yeah, you're right. John Stossel. Yeah. Yeah, like Stossel was like, you guys are fake. Because Vader did that too, apparently, in Japan and got into trouble. I do if remember. If I'm not mistaken. So. But yeah, like, there's no such thing as like protecting the business. Or, no. Don't get me wrong, because you can't now, because the internet's ruined the entire thing. And Vince came out way before the internet anyways, right? Yeah. I just didn't like the whole, it's sports entertainment, right? And it's... You're not invested in anything they do, really, I find. It's just right after, but he did that right during the time of like um, pig farmers and garbage men and <laughs> um, what else was atrocious during that Smoking time? guns. Fuck. Um, <laughs> Aldo Montoya, Portuguese man of war. Yeah. Um, the one, two, three kid. Razor Ramon, he flat out said, was a ripoff of Scarface because Vince had never seen the movie and thought the character was cool. <laughs> and I just remember because, yeah, Scott Hall's like, I want to be like Scarface. And Vince is like, he doesn't watch anything pop. He doesn't watch anything. He just deals with his product, right? And so he's like, what's a Scarface? And Hall went into his like Razor Ramon shtick, which is Tony Montoya. Essentially. And yeah, and Vince is like, this is awesome. And he's like, no idea what it's based off of. But yeah, like everyone was their gimmick, right? Mm-hmm. Like, but there were still the wrestlers, like underneath. the Red Rooster, Terry Taylor. Oh God! <laughs> oh, good lord! Speaking of Scott Hall, I guess that was like one of his insults to Chris Jericho because those two don't get along at all, right? Oh, was that right? And I guess when Jericho was still in WCW, he was complaining about something in Scott Hall, or in like Jericho was working his way up organically. Mm-hmm. Like when he finally turned evil and had those hissy fits. <laughs> Armbar. Right. Like, and that was awesome because that was after him fighting Marty Jannetty. Um, but he was organically getting a push on like Hall and Nash were just big and they got all the TV time they wanted. Yeah. And I guess Nat or um, Hall one day was like, that's a nice little Terry Taylor push you're getting there. As, and that was the insult, I guess. <laughs> it's wow. Like, but also from like, maybe it was that Georgia South or something I had remember seeing Terry Taylor somewhere else before he was in WCW back in was the, he yeah. I just remember seeing him some maybe I did or go, UWF or whatever it was called yeah I just I remember seeing him and then when he came over it was like the Red Rooster thing and like it's so funny because um, Pritchard still defends that gimmick to this day really his co-host makes fun of the Red Rooster constantly and Pritchard is like it was brilliant he was the cock of the walk it's just like I don't know if he's just doing that to like get a rise out of people but he's like it's brilliant he was so confident in himself he was the cock of the walk he was the red rooster terrible one step above the gobbledygooker wasn't that a Guerrero yeah it was one (laughs) of the Guerreros I don't know there's 62 of them so (coughs) Uh, I think Chavo's still in Lucha Underground I think he is well he was one of the younger ones so yeah but he always got stuck with the crappy stuff because Eddie was always better than him, right? Mm-hmm. Like he got the stupid Pepe the the horse gimmick for a while, and then like then he was Kerwin, Kerwin White. Kerwin was it Kerwin White? Yeah, yeah, that was awful. The white golfer. But wasn't that right after Eddie died? Yeah, 
yeah. Because they made him Kerwin White, but then they gave, instead of giving the, the was it nephew? Yeah, he was Eddie's nephew, I think. So instead of giving him Eddie's the nephew they the push the after he passed away, they gave it, yeah. Yeah. To the marketable guy. Yeah. Like. And I've never liked Rey Mysterio. Really? No. The only time I liked him was when he got thrown like a lawn dart by Kevin Nash <laughs> into a production truck. I liked him when he was in that original cruiserweight division. Like when it was him, Malenko, Eddie, Jericho, um, Alex Wright, before he was the stupid dancing gimmick. Um, <laughs> even Disco was in there. Oh, God. Um, but all the luchas, like even down to La Parca, Psychosis. La Parca was great, man. The chairman of the board. Yeah. <laughs> but like... And and they brought in Ultimo, like... Um, Hooventude. The Juice. My friend Bevan, who I had did a podcast with, loves the Hoovy. Um, but we talked about why 205 Live sucks. Or not... Well, why it's not as engaging as... Because everyone... When you talk cruiserweights, everyone talks about 1996 to 1999 WCW. Yeah. And the people that have pumped out. And everyone's like, well, why isn't it like that anymore? But when you watch 205 Live, it's a bunch of people who all have taken inspiration from the 90s cruiserweight division Mm -hmm. and have blended it all together. So now you don't have your very different Ultimo Dragon, who's probably the strong style or whatever. Like he had his style, right? Um, So he had his thing. And then you had the Luchas. And then you had like... You had the Malenkos and um, I think even Fit Finley was small enough to be in there. But they had a couple of like the European guys, like the right? the wrestlers. Classic yeah, grappler like types. The chain wrestling like European dudes and then the North American style and like Jericho probably brought in the Calgary style, right? Like, so you had all these distinct styles and you picked who you liked, right? And it's like, and it was this awesome blending and now everybody's that blend, right? So yeah. like. So it's a bit of everything. Right. So yeah. now it's like. Now when a guy does like a 450 fucking super flip thing, whatever, it's like, okay, everybody does that. So there's nothing special about that division anymore, right? You know, and it's funny because Jake Roberts, not that he was a, a cruiserweight by any means, but like just back in the day, Jake Roberts instilled more fear in wrestlers getting a DDT than guys getting a 720 Hurricane or whatever the frick it is. You know, like you don't need to be super flippy to uh no but there is no that's the psychology thing right like him making eye contact with the crowd and doing that spin with his hand to signal it Mm -hmm. probably got more of a reaction than what some of these finishers get and it was him it was it was the journey getting there right yeah well and nobody kicked out right that's the other thing is finishers aren't protected anymore like, how many times did Undertaker kick out of the F5 before he was pinned? Was five or six? Yeah, and it's like... And I get it, it's the Undertaker, but it, that happens at least, you know, two or three times a match where a guy kicks out of the finisher. I know Steve Austin's pissed that Kevin Owens uses the stunner as a transition move. Oh, really? And he was pissed at Cena when he had the off-the-rope pop-up stunner. I don't remember that. Cena had the stunner in his repertoire for about four months, and I pretty sure Steve Austin reached out to him that's my guess or he got enough backlash because he would run plant on the middle rope bounce off grab the head and do a stunner really that'd be kind of cool actually it's been stopped 
Yeah. <laughs> but then I remembered Austin. Yeah, but there's some sacred cows you just don't like. And that's the thing. You know. Like, I remember Owens was on the Stone Cold Pon- podcast after that. And I remember Austin gave him grief about using the stunner as yeah. a transition move. Like, you, but, don't, you don't see many people using the sharpshooter except for Natalia. Yeah. Or, yeah, she would be the main one. Um, or people that are in Canada trying to get a cheap pop. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, but yeah, like, but that's classy, right? That's her homage to yeah. Uncle Brett or whatever. Um, well, and you'd figure that he'd be like, okay, yeah. The course. super kick is now a transition move. The power bomb is just a move. You know what the best power bomb? Arn Anderson. I don't remember. Or not it. off the rope. Oh, uh, the not springboard a suplex. No, uh, brainbuster. Uh, no, spinebuster. Oh, that's what it was. Sorry. Yeah, he had the best spinebuster. Austin had a good one too, but I'm sure he stole it from. Or and then he did the dick in the mouth. What? The, <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember that part. <laughs> the Luthes press. Oh yeah. Oh. yeah it's just yeah it's because everything's kick outable everything's because you kick out everything I had such high hopes for the Iron Man match and then they said it was 30 minutes between Ziggler and Mm -hmm. Rollins who I love both of them right like you you know that Ziggler wants to be revered as this generation Shawn Michaels and it's not going to happen it's too late they're not going to put a world title on him and now he's but he still keeps re-signing like I hear he keeps getting million dollar contracts but he's just that mid-card guy forever right and some people are happy with that some people are fucking like look at Heath Slater like (laughs) fuck like I would have left three times by now like that was Cody Rhodes thing like do something different with me no we want to do this with you and then we'll go over here and he's like no see you goodbye can I go home now Mm-hmm. And I love him for that. Some people just like the security, though, right? No, that's true, right? Like, there's always going to be, like, Heath Slater, R-Truth, that are just going to be, like, the lifers. Rhino. <laughs> well, he's come and gone, yeah. right? Like, and he, I liked him when he was the third member of, like, Team Edge and Christian. Because it was, like, the Hardys brought in Lita, mm-hmm. the Dudleys brought in Spike, and they had Rhino, which is probably the best of the <laughs> of, yeah. the th- of the third members right and Rhino was the last ECW champ as it was a dying company right so like and he's yeah but he's like gotta be 40 something and just and it's nice to have the WWE paycheck at that time but like to be like mid 20s to late 30s and like relegate like that was Punk's thing right like yeah I mean it's it's like in any other business though some guys are motivated some people are motivated to go up and beyond and if they don't get it there they'll get it from somewhere else some people are just willing to be a member of the team and don't really want to you know go any further yeah but that's where you get your Eva Marie's from right like yeah (laughs) yeah I, I mean there's there's good and bad obviously the paycheck's good but if you if you're looking for anything, um, I would think worthwhile as far as a character goes, something you can hang your hat on in 20 years, saying you know I was an Intercontinental Champion for six months or I was a Heavyweight Champion. You know, not everybody gets that shot, but does any of that probably hold weight anymore? Though, right? Like, it, it at this point, does it pay for anyone to say they were a Universal Champion? Mm, not when David Arquette was. Well, he wasn't a universal champion, but... But he was... A, well, he was WCW. Yeah, yeah, don't get me started on that. That 
um, Vince Russo. <laughs> but, I mean, everybody points to, well, Brock Lesnar's held the title for a long time, but he only wrestles two times a year. They like, did that to means a, nothing. Yeah, but they did it to erase Punk's record. Right. Punk's 434 days. You like how I know everything about him yet? Um, <laughs> his 434-day reign was the longest reign since Kevin Nash's, which is insane. What? Kevin Nash's? Kevin Nash was the longest reigning WWF champion of the 90s. How? Because title flipping became a thing. Well, no, I get that. But how was it Kevin Nash? Because it goes Nash... Who did he lose it to? Michaels at WrestleMania? No, I I get the actual the the the, the, the period and but stuff, why but keep it on him for so long? Yeah, like steroid scandal, and he was the only clean big man. Oh uh, yeah, I suppose. Hey, when he Never came over as Vinny Vegas, he was dead clean for steroids. Yeah, and just a workout nut, right? And that's why he gets along with Triple H to this day because they're both gym rats, right? Yeah. While Michaels and Hall were the partiers. Yeah, and Triple H was kind of the dd also but but yeah like <laughs> when he came in and vince found out he was clean all of your warriors hogan's sids who else is big then are all juiced can't use them anymore davy boy anyone yeah. that's why they went to brett i think for that one push too right brett brett was big enough like 30 i think he said he started at 230 and retired at 230 but for a 510 guy but he was like, I mean, Michaels has to be one ninety soaking wet. Like, there's yeah. no way he's two eighteen. Well, Punk at his prime, they advertised a two twenty. See, I and he's my height. Yeah, I just, if, I. But they always lie about height. You never know, right? Yeah. Like, I've met people who were built at certain things, and then I'm looking down at them, right? And it's mm-hmm. like, well, if you're six feet tall, all of a sudden I just got moved to eight foot nine, right? Like, it's, just, <laughs> <laughs> it's there's that whole illusion, right? Yeah. Like bigger and grander like but I you remember- can tell the guys that are they're bigger builds and Shawn Michaels was just always a wiry guy yeah I mean he was built don't get me wrong like <laughs> I'm not one to judge trust me but he was probably his most like muscular right before he retired when he was like that last kind of like heel DX yeah. run but I think he also had to put on weight to deal with the back though yeah because I remember Steve Austin saying that his he went backstage after he won the title from Michaels and he's like, he was dejected. He's like, that match was the drizzling shits. <laughs> it was the first thing out of his mouth to Vince. And he's like, you have the belt. Don't worry about it. We can go from there, right? Huh. And then... Did he lose his smile after that, Shawn Michaels? Oh my God. Twice he got to give the title up. Like, I, yeah. Don't get me started on that guy. I'm sure. And that's he, the thing, I'm like, sure he's a nice man now, but well, he certainly didn't act like it back in the day. He's found Jesus. Yeah, Jeebus. So that's all. It's forgiven. Whatever. Brett forgives him. I'm done. I still <laughs> like one of the wrestlers. He was like the main champ for this territory, right? I remember I had a, a pretty decent argument with him at the time because, like, I was because he's his argument was that the original Iron Man match is the greatest match of all time, and he's like. As a wrestler, he goes, this is what I watch when I want to feel good. Because it's the perfect match in his view. And um, I think it is one of Meltzer's five-star matches. As much as you want to put weight into Dave Meltzer's rating system, right? Um, But two of the matches are Brett. His five WWF matches ever have been five stars. Two of Brett, two of Sean. Not surprising. (laughs) And so, like... One is Bastion Booker. No? Muckasing. <laughs> I know. 
<laughs> it's fucking sing to you speaking, and me. Speaking of stampede people. Yeah. I remember when he used to come out with the uh, Wayne Gretzky jersey on all the time and get massive heat in Calgary. <laughs> Loved that. The Karachi yeah. bikes. Yeah. They're still just, a thing, hey? Oh, yeah. Like, the uh, kids are still going. Yeah. Is it Gamma that's uh, There's the dad? Cuban Assassin Jr. and then Gamma Singh's kid is yeah. still a thing. Because, um, yeah, there was pictures when... Um, oh, God. When they Jinder, were on Impact. When Jinder Mahal was the world champion, there was a picture of him with the WWE title. And then, yeah, like, the great Gamma was there yeah. looking all old or whatever, but still. So there was Gamma Singh, him, and then the kid, right? And it's just still a cool picture, right? Like Really cool. The Karachi Vice were amazing. Like, there was... But that's when you could be a vile heel. Stampede was fantastic. Mm-hmm. It really but was. But Whalen made a lot of it. Oh yeah, he was there. Jim Ross and Bob Brown, Bulldog Bob Brown. Yeah, See, I just remember Waylon. Yeah, Bob Brown when he was on Color was just he was, was it? A, he was a heel color guy. So <laughs> was it before Jesse? Because I remember Vince like being credited with creating Jesse the Body. The first no, I think ever. it was after. Was it? I think it was yeah. like kind of yeah, would have been probably just after. Because I remember them saying that like Vince was a genius because he created the heel commentator. He well, it's a good foil. Oh, you know, brilliant. Mons- I don't know what was better, if it was Heenan and Monsoon or the body in Monsoon. Heenan and Monsoon. Had to be. Just remember, Monsoon always saying, oh, will you stop that? <laughs> well, he was like the dad, right? Yeah. And um, But there's been, like, I don't know. That's my favorite, just for nostalgia reasons, mm-hmm. would be like, that or even Vince and Jesse. Yep. Was an amazing duo. And then I would put, yeah, like you said, Brain and Monsoon in there. And then King and um, Jim Ross. Mm-hmm. And those would be probably the best duos, right? We're never going to say Michael Cole and Corey Graves. So it's like. <laughs> well, it's close. I do enjoy Corey Graves, though. Like, he's got that. But he goes back and forth. Like, sometimes he'll like the good guys, but then sometimes he'll cut certain ones down, right? Like, you're not quite sure where he sits. Yeah, and yeah. I just, I enjoy, as long as they're intellectual, like Heenan was an intellectual heel commentator, and I liked listening to him. Well, someone was saying one time that heels have to believe that they're doing the right thing for themselves. Yeah. And it's, no, kind of using any means necessary, right? Was, yeah, it was the, it was him rationalizing why they're doing yeah. it, right? And that's why the Heenan family will probably be the, my like, to me, Heenan's the greatest manager of all time. Period. Yeah. Like, I don't think it'd be argued. I didn't see enough of Cornette to have an opinion on him. A lot of people have him as number two. Cornette's pretty good. Um, I didn't... Because um, Blassie... Cornette was so sniveling. Yeah. and But I always... My only memory of him was as Yokozuna's American spokesman. And the only reason they brought him in it is because Fuji sucked at promos. Mm. And they didn't want Yokozuna speaking. Right. Because it would give it away. <laughs> yeah, supposedly. Because he All was... he said was bonsai. Right. Even though he was... Samoan. Yeah, he was one of the Samoan family, yeah. right? And it's like... So yeah, Cornette got that whole job because they had to figure a way... They needed a <laughs> spokesman that could cut a promo. But like, I don't know. Like, I never saw Polly Dangerously in his prime. I do like him as Brock's advocate. And when he was with Punk, I thought it was amazing. Um, but yeah, Heenan's one. I don't know who would be two. I don't think Jimmy Hart's there. He's up there, but he's not there. And they're like, Luscious Johnny V is... Slick. Would, <laughs> I would rate style. Slick ahead of the other two. Really? Maybe not ahead Jimmy Hart. Ahead of Jimmy Hart? No. 
Yeah, I guess Jimmy Hart had the Hart Foundation. Classy Freddie Blassie. Can't forget about him. But once again, my only memories that of was, him was just Volkov and Sheik, right? Yeah, that was pretty early in my so, like, wrestling So, he was already career. old, right? So, yeah. like, I don't think I got to see him in his prime. And, like... R.I.P. Nikolai Volkov, by the way. I know. That's made me sad. He oh. was my profile pick for 24 hours. <laughs> I didn't acknowledge um, Brian Christopher because they... It kept going back and forth. They well, were like... He was dead or alive, yeah. Yeah, they were like, he's in intensive care. No, he's dead. He's in intensive... And it's just like, well, it sucks, but, like... And there was three of them. because, And I didn't recognize the third guy that had passed away that day either. No. Oh, um, Bunkhouse Brown. Yeah. I remember... The only reason I remember him is because McFoley talked about him in his book. Really? Yeah. I read both of Foley's books. Yeah. But yeah, just a shitty day, right? But Volkov was like... The heat he used to get with the uh, Soviet National Anthem? Brilliant. Unreal. Brilliant during the Cold War period. Absolutely. And I remember they brought him back once to sing for Rusev. <laughs> but they only did it as a backstage segment yeah. and I wish they would have done the full please rise let him sing it right and I didn't like his second stint where he was like the American yeah thing, and yeah. DiBiase he was trying to or DiBiase had bought his contract or something yeah because he was million dollars property right yeah million dollar man's property because he was on his gotch he was on his tights <laughs> not his gotch but his yeah tops. and it's yeah it's just great heels, right? Like, Sheik was great. And Volkov was great. And yeah, Blassie, they didn't even Rick need. Rude was a great heel. Oh. And that's the thing. And like, I remember Austin talking about it. You have to be able to talk them into the building. And no one has to talk them into the building anymore because you're going for the WWE mm-hmm. experience, right? So like, you're not going there to watch a heel get his butt kicked anymore. You're not tired of their shit and want to yeah. see them lose anymore, right? Punk was, I feel like... A, I swear I'll stop. Um, <laughs> but he was the last, to me, he was the last one where it was like, he talked them into like, I hate you, someone please beat this guy. Rollins was close. Uh, he's my favorite, easily of this generation. Or as they call him, CrossFit Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> but, and you can tell like, he got hurt, and I think this is where we started an hour and a half ago, is he got hurt. Has it been an hour and a half? We're getting there. Holy I know, I crap. can yammer for ages, sir. Um, but he got hurt. He went away. He came back. He kind of dwindled. The shield reunion fell on its face because Ambrose is still hurt, or they're sitting on him, I guess, to wait to debut. But it's like so you could distinctly tell there was some point where, like, you could tell some like a light went on in Rollins or something happened, right? And it just full steam ahead. He got it. They gave him the curb stomp back. They gave him the um, turnbuckle power bomb back. Um, he stopped doing the pedigree and he just, because I think that whole time he was using the pedigree, it just wasn't right. right. And once he got his kind of his move set back and they added that burn it down to his music, which the crowd just like gets right into, like um, he's easily my favorite and he puts on great matches. Like he has the right mix of wrestling, psychology, and he does mix in some flippy shit, but it's not, he just, he gets to the line where it might be too much. Like, he does falcon arrows and shit like that, yeah. right? Or frog splashes, but like, I don't know, he's my favorite, and like, I think he'll be this generation, Shawn Michaels. I'd say he's probably got a pretty good chance. And I wish they would strap the title on him, but Braun's got the briefcase, and I think... Short of them doing something weird like wanting Brock to go to UFC with the Universal title, which actually wouldn't surprise me in re-signing him. 
and having their belt on like UFC television. Like it's just I don't know. Like I'm trying to think of what outlandish reason they have besides crushing. But like he beat Punk's record a few months ago, so like yeah. he can drop it now. Great, you got 450 days, and you, you know, defended the title four times. Congratulations, right? And like, people are tiring of the whole shtick. Like when Brock came back, it was like holy crap, Brock Lesnar's back in the WWE. This is awesome. And now people are like, eh, whatever. It, it, the only thing worse than being cheered or booed is not having any reaction. And that's kind of sort of where I see it going. Yeah. Like WrestleMania, um, the highlights was the opening match because it was the intercontinental match. And you could tell that all three guys, it was Balor, Rollins, and even Miz. Mm-hmm. And they gave it their all. And like it was one of those follow this kind of moments right like we want you and it started like wrestlemania started with burn it down right like go and um i like when they start their pay-per-views with like an awesome match like jericho used to open wrestlemania a lot and i always thought that was like let's get the exciting guy out there get people invested yeah Yeah. the exciting guy that we know is going to be a good match it's not over the top that it's like holy crap no one can follow this but it's like it's solid it's good and that IC match was amazing. And then it was a lull because there was a bunch of crap. <laughs> and, like the four-way U- U.S. title match, right? Like I was all pumped that they put it on Bobby Roode and then it all of a sudden it went to like Ginger Mahal or something, right? In a match with three other amazing wrestlers. Bobby Roode should be a heel, by the way. He's <sighs> a great heel. I think, I think they believe the fans like singing along too much. And that's why, because mm-hmm. he does the little yeah, glorious and yeah. like, but yeah, like I saw his heel work from NXT when he was feuding with Shinsuke and it was great. He was mm-hmm. just an asshole. He's just, he's just, he's always been better as a heel. He does smug very well. Yeah. And I'm sad because I think he's hurt right now also, but he's also 40 something and this might just be his like retirement money. Yeah. But yeah, like he had the U.S. title for like a week. It made me sad because I enjoy his shtick. When they had the mixed tag thing, him and Charlotte, perfect pairing. Yeah. I wish they would go forward with that. But also with Strowman and What's Her Pickle, the little one, uh, Alexa Bliss. Yeah. Strowman and her had this weird chemistry that worked perfect. Funny how that works, eh? Some people just mesh so well together. But it reminds me of a story I saw. Dancers entertain travelers in Mexico City. Do you want to hear about that? No. All right. So anyways, <laughs> here's my cute story now. I have to turn my Alexa off whenever I watch the WWE Network because anytime I watch an Alexa Bliss match, it goes oh, off. Every time Michael I never Cole says Alexa. So now she's turned off, she'll shut up. I never thought of that. Yeah. I was laying here watching. I wonder how many people do that, eh? Just all of a sudden watching TV. Oh, Alexa Bliss is on. Yes? Can I help you? What the hell? <laughs> Thanks for intruding, giving free advertising to Amazon who don't need it. (laughs) Jeff Bezos. Yeah, well, you know, he's not that wealthy. But yeah, like, there's some things where, like, Rusev Day, organic, amazing. It's It could have been the new Yes movement. Mm -hmm. And they've completely squashed it. His match last month with um, AJ, amazing. He proved he can put on a main event, excuse me, match, but... It's like sometimes if it's not Vince's idea or someone up high's idea, they just nip it in the butt right away. Well, how long did they deny Daniel Bryan? Yeah. And bring in Blutista. 
<laughs> wow, like, did the crowd crap all over that, hey? What made me so sad, I laughed at the time, was they kept waiting for Daniel Bryan to come out. And he was feuding with the Wyatts back then, right? So he had his ma- his blow-off match, I think, with Bl- with uh, Bray Wyatt that night where he beat him. And then once he got to like 23, they started chanting a little bit of yes in between the countdowns. And then it kept going, it kept going. I think 27 was Batista who ended up winning it. And then when you got to 30 and it was... And little Rey Mysterio came out. Normally, crowd favorite. Yeah. Got booed the fuck out of the building. <laughs> Not because it's Rey Mysterio. It's because it wasn't who they wanted and to see. And you could tell that like whoever, where, whoever was running the show, Vince or whoever, they immediately got... And I'm assuming this was it. I... Daniel Bryan immediately tweeted out, sorry guys, the machine didn't figure me into their plans for the Royal Rumble tonight. (laughs) So he apologized for them not. It wasn't the WWE Network or WWE that apologized. Daniel Bryan was like, sorry guys, I'm not in the Rumble. Wow. But yet... It's incredible how a groundswell like that can just start. And guys just seem to click. Like, like who would have thought Road Dog? And Mr. Ass would be a thing. But that was all talking, right? Yeah. Like, and then they started to wear Cartman shirts and started talking. And I was like, okay, well, maybe they are cool. That's so funny because um, one of the features on the network is you can watch the Attitude Era. And it's just the episodes of Raw from that period. Mm-hmm. And they started the Monday after the screw job. Really? Forward. Because that's, that's where Mr. McMahon came in. Yeah. I think that's where they started off. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, it's like November 97. But on the very first Raw after that is the debut of Mark Henry, the introduction of the New Age Outlaws, and and I think like the the first inklings of the turning of the rock, right? Like not Rocky might be anymore. Like there was like easily five things in there that were like later on they would become big things. But yeah. it's like it was the first because remember like I just I loved how the rock just started becoming this cocky little dick yeah and in it's the, just in the nation of domination and when you I can't remember which podcast it was the nation was supposed to have that all happen but it was supposed to be D'Lo Ooh. that was going to be the future of the nation but really? but then the rock blew up yeah and it was just him speaking his mind which mm-hmm. was and that's the thing like Austin just spoke his mind like some guys just, you know, when Welcome. they get an opportunity, they just they can they can kind of take their character to places where even the upper brass probably didn't think it could go. The ringmaster, though, <laughs> Rocky Maivia, the smiling guy with the floppy hair, yeah, little like, little frou frou jacket. He makes fun of that. He has a YouTube video of him grading himself on his first appearance, <laughs> and it's so funny because he's like. The hard camera that like looks at the side of the ring. He's like, I had it mixed up. So like the whole time he's like cheering with his back to the camera. (laughs) Thinking that he's pointing at it. And he just makes fun of him. And that's the thing though. He can make fun of himself. Yeah. But like he got it right. Like it was him, Austin, um, Jericho, like. uh, Triple H. I still think he was just a click thing, right? Like I'm really... Like, I love what he did, and I think NXT is the amazing building block that they need. Like, the John Laurinaitis era of, like, him being talent relations after... So, like, there's a distinct line when Jim Ross stopped being talent relations. At the end of his tenure running, like, recruitment, he brought in Randy Orton, Brock Lesnar, John Cena, Dave Bautista, um, CM Punk. uh, No, maybe he was later. 
who was that Ohio? There was the Ohio Valley guy, yeah. right? Uh, Shelton Benjamin, yeah. Charlie Hawes, like Team Team Angle. Um, it's like a state. It's like a list of twelve guys that all became the future of the company, right? And then John Laurinaitis took over, and then you got all of your like um, pinup girls. You got mm-hmm. your Layla L's. You got your Maurices. You got your like Michelle McCool. Michelle McCool, like. It wasn't Trish and Lita, right? Yeah. Don't get me wrong. Trish was a horrible wrestler to start, but she bust her ass, right? Mm-hmm. And she, and I heard many times that Vince would freak out constantly after like crappy diva matches and be like, "What do we have to do to find another Trish Stratus?" Hmm. Which they have now. I think yeah. there's tons of quality, right? Yep. Like the women's movement's amazing, right? Like sweep the last two Bellas out of the room and it's perfect, right? <laughs> And I'm not trying to be mean, but they were part of the Laurinaitis because they've been around for like a dozen years, right? That's hard to believe. I still remember when there was a wardrobe malfunction. The one day I was watching that live, I was like, ooh. Because Cena's 40. Like, I know. It's an age thing. I remember his debut. Like, coming out and fighting Angle. It's yeah. 2002-ish. Like, so... And it's just, there was that distinct, and he went back to, like, hiring the bodybuilders, and he was the one behind, like, Bobby Lashley, and, like, pushing all these guys that were looks. They went back to the looks. For the women, the men, everything. It was Lashley is terrible. He offers nothing. No, I don't know why he came back, other than the initial pop, but it's over now, right? Like, I'm, as sad as it is, Reigns is probably a better choice than him to put the title on for now. Mm -hmm. I'd like to see it. The Strowman thing upsets me, right? Like, I don't like him being the looming cash-in. Some guys don't need a title to be good. Some guys need a title right. to be worth anything. Once you transcend to a certain point, you don't need... Andre never needed a title. Nope. Strowman's that big monster. Piper never needed a title. No, he should have had it. He though. should have had it, but he didn't. Didn't need it. Perfect. Yeah. Same guy. Yeah. Same thing. Yeah. Perfect, yeah. Perfect and Piper are probably two of the big ones. I'm amazed. Rick Hall, Rude. Ravishing Rick Rude. Ricky Steamboat went on to NWA to win it. Rude was a world champion, I think, in NWA. Um, Jake the Snake should have been world champion. But back then it was, let's run the with our... Guys. Yeah, and for huge reigns, right? Like, San Martino was, what, 10 plus years and then eight more years after the second time or something silly? When I remember back when we were kids, if you saw Saturday morning wrestling at all, it was like Hulk Hogan versus John Smith from Arkansas or whatever, you know? And it'd be, You know all their names. Yeah. There was Iron Mike Sharp, Barry <laughs> Horowitz. Um, Billy the, Jack Haynes. Um, the Brook... What was it? Steve, Steve Lombardi. Lombardi. Just generic Steve Lombardi. Yeah. Because I remember that was the Red Rooster feud. Yeah. Where he created the Brooklyn Brawler to feud with the Red Rooster. Why do I know these things? <laughs> it's depressing as fuck. But yeah, and it's just... Yeah, oh, but you would never see Hogan. You would see him once every two months, right? Yeah, I'd be like... Uh, but that's the Brock Lesnar treatment now, and people are losing their minds. But yeah. he's just getting the 1984 Hulk Hogan treatment. True. Where And Bruno wrestled once a month in Madison Square Garden. The difference so. between Hulk Hogan and Brock Lesnar knows Hulk Hogan didn't need to wrestle to be on the top of everybody's mind because wrestling was Hulk Hogan. Wrestling's not Brock Lesnar. I think, yeah, I don't know what Vince's endgame is. Part of me thinks that he's swerving people by giving Roman this fourth shot. And he's going to send him to UFC, like, as the chance. Like, the universal title shot. Like, go dig up the WCW belt. Mm-hmm. Or, like, I hate how the belts look the same. Yeah. 
the 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 Kurt Henning IC belt or whatever is mm-hmm. perfect, right? Like, yep, literally. No, no pun intended. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, maybe a little. Love those. But yeah, like that's classy, right? The U.S. title has a different look. It's classy. I hate all. I even hate the tag belts. How all the leather is the color of the show. It's just they're ugly titles that don't make me care about them, and that shouldn't be that way. Like little things that are I big remember, things. Like WrestleMania Four is the one where they debuted the Winged Eagle. Which went on to be like the hardcore title, I think, <laughs> after it was smashed, right? But like, there's not those iconic belts anymore. Like, the Alundra smoke- Blaze threw it out. That's why. <laughs> <laughs> fuck, people She's- that are people that are not really wrestling fans are gonna be like, "What the fuck is he talking about? Who's Alundra Blaze? Why'd she She's throw a Hall a of title? Famer, sir?" Then again, so is Hillbilly Jim, Coco Beware. The Hall of Fame's full of a lot of people that shouldn't be there just on nostalgia. And Demolition will never be in there because they're suing him. Yep. Which sucks. And yeah, Billy because Jackie, they deserve it. Hmm? They deserve it. They deserve oh, to be in there. But I hate that they like... It's well, pretty much like... the longest, Vader, Vader should have been in there before he died. Yeah. I don't know what he did. Because he was And they such had brought a, him back during that Heath Slater fighting all the... He was such a monster back in the day. Like, when he first came out... Not necessarily in WWF, but ripping off WCW. Ripping off Cactus Jack's ear. Or was that the ropes? <laughs> it was him fighting him, right? Yeah. But like, yeah, and it's just... I, I don't... I swear somewhere Shawn Michaels had something on Vince. Because, like, don't get me wrong, now after the fact, like, I can kind of buy into him being like... I won't call him the Michael Jordan. I still think Bret Hart was more valuable and a better wrestler. That's just me, right? I agree. Um, but to hitch your wagon to the pill popping, just loud mouth, yeah, arrogant asshole who also ruined a lot of lives. Um, I don't know why he politic playing, sniveling, whining. Yeah, bitch. like yeah. And so, like, as much, and that's like I said, as much as I like NXT, I don't like Triple H as like. A character, a person in the industry. I feel he dove onto the. He click. hitched his wagon to it. Yeah. He, but he hooked up to the click, and then as soon as that started to fall apart, he like graciously or gracefully leapt over to the McMahon cart. Yeah, and so he's like, I he, will, I will say though, the shtick where Triple H married uh, Stephanie. Stephanie, <laughs> and they found out at tests. Went, oh God, that was funny. But, yeah, like... That was hilarious. But that was... Yeah, like, DX Helmsley, like, after Michaels left, and I think he had that, oh, shit, I'm on my own moment. Mm-hmm. But, like, the day after WrestleMania, or whatever the Raw was after, that's when they brought in X-Pac. That's when they folded the New Age Outlaws into it, and they created a whole... And it is arguably a better version of DX than Michaels, Helmsley, Rude, and China. Yeah. Probably more entertaining, right? Like... Funnier. X- yeah, X-Pac I can do without. I actually, I'm amazed that his podcast is coherent. And he, and like, I've listened to like clips from it where he actually makes sense critiquing the current product. Well, he's a great Twitter follow. Is he? Yeah. There's some of those guys I just like, I don't know. I try to keep my, but then again, now lately my Twitter, I've signed up for so many like um, reporters, news personalities, because I want to actually like, keep up in the relevant news too right so Mm -hmm. it's like 
I kind of weeded out a lot of the celebrity stuff just because it was filling it up, hey? So... Yeah, there's, there's a lot of, like, of crap out there. <clears throat> there's more of like the Sarah Mills and like CBC and CBS and like stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, Molly Thomas, who went off to Toronto and does like, um, is it CBC or CTV Saturday morning? She's one of the anchors at night. Right. Um, I was her manager at Moxie's. <laughs> so like. <laughs> Small world. I know. It's so weird that, yeah, like I know Kendall that's over here at CBC and I know Molly. Like I know a few, but like I'm just trying to be more educated and um it's weird since you're in the business like you have to know news too right like and we're in the donald trump era of accusing everybody of being fake news right fake news yeah and people lie a lot and like there's a difference though between news and opinion people like sean hannity to me are opinion it's not news it's not based on it right it's not really based on any fact Oh, people believe anything. People believe Alex Jones. <laughs> he's he's currently banned from Facebook and YouTube, I believe. Yeah. Still on Spotify if you're really looking for your right-wing conspiracies. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I'm, a, I'm a firm believer in keeping a wide uh, variety of people and listening to their opinion. Yeah. To a point. Um, my main source for, like learning useful things staying motivated learning facts and just the inspiration for what i'm doing now has been joe rogan and um i've learned so many things listening to him and he has he's my only shining beacon of like the definition of no agenda Mm -hmm. well and uh, there's a lot of people there are a lot of people out there it's like okay if it's if it's left wing i will believe it 100 percent. if it's right wing zero or vice versa yeah but I think those wings are over here now, like absolutely as far apart as you can get. And absolutely, um, because I would admit, like I generally would vote liberal. Like I could vote something else in this constituency. But let's be honest, I'm in Ralph Goodale's riding, so shit's not going to change till he decides to I've, change. You know, I voted throughout my life. I voted, I think, for every party at one point or I've another. never gone NDP or Green. Um, and up until Prince Trudeau, I probably <laughs> would have been liberal. But, like, I'm tired of just... I just I, I think in general there's just a lack of motivation for voting for anybody because they're all garbage. Bernie Sanders is probably the only politician I like listening to. And he's, he's left for my liking, but he's the only one that falls in the common sense realm. Like... I like I appreciate common sense. Yeah, but like it's See, it, it's, my theory is if it, if somebody has a good idea or something I think is a good idea, I don't care if it's from left, right, center. Right. Doesn't matter. To me, I Some don't really need to be there do need to be social programs. We do need to contribute to the arts cuz like we don't want to live in a boring ass society and we want to take care of those who can't take care of themselves. So I will never be full-blown right-wing and I'm also not religious, right? And that's a lot of like the side of it too and i it can be yep and for sure guns are out of control also but i don't even want to think about how you fix that right like i think it's more of a psychological problem than a there's too many guns problem that's my opinion um i think that trudeau has taken what has been canada's center of the road party and grabbed the steering wheel and just cranked it to the left right like and so for me my my my, sorry paul my theory is that if you try to please everybody you please nobody and that's kind of the sense I get right now. Yeah. 
is that he's trying to be a party inclusive or inclusive to everybody. And don't get me wrong, inclusivity is very important, but there are going to be some people that aren't going to like what you do, and you just have to accept that. But it seems like that just isn't in the agenda. I hate the word inclusive. It's, I feel like it's, it's a, a buzzword. It's a human resources buzzword. And we <laughs> like synergy. Do you prefer synergy? No, but like <laughs> saying that celebrating that you're now an inclusive workplace means that you were an asshole before. And you, d- <laughs> good point. And it means that you didn't hire the guy because he had long hair. And it means yep. that you didn't hire this guy because he had earrings and a tattoo. And you didn't hire this person because she was a woman. Right. Yeah. And yep. if you perpetually hire the best person for the job, you shouldn't need inclusion. Nope. And that is like, and I take a ton of grief for it. I am like the biggest Jordan Peterson cheerleader probably in this area. I love what he has to say and he just he speaks from common sense and um, a lot of what I'm doing on a daily basis and being I feel I'm a better person now than I have been in 15 years is based on his philosophies his views his teachings um, the first book I bought since when was Mick Foley's book 99 I think wasn't yeah it? so I just bought 12 rules for life so and it's been that long and it's just He's, to me, he speaks from common sense. He gets accused of hate from both sides because he just speaks what should be right. Like, it's simple things. Tell the truth. Be a good person. Right. It's not rocket science. Um, have your own house in perfect order before you go out and cast stones at the world. Like, um, And I have, peop- I have friends who are turned off to him because he does bring the Bible into it, but he just brings in, like, the common sense life lessons, like, do unto others and stuff like mm-hmm. that like it still has a valuable place right take care of yourself then take care of your family and then go out and take care of the world in that order and just it's so great like i've cleaned up a lot of my act like and the whole like just being toxic and bitter about what other people have like take care of what's here right and like i Absolutely. love him for that one of the thing one of the things i've i've noticed as i've aged and haven't we aged paul one of the things Speak I've noticed for yourself. <laughs> one of the things I've noticed is that I'm three thousand times more mellow than I used to be. Uh, I was I think we were decently mellow human beings to start with though. I, I had a lot of uh, unless there was underwriting anxiety, but then I had a lot of uh, self esteem issues. I think we big all did, time. But yeah. Big time. Uh, don't get me wrong, I still do. I'm not gonna take my shirt off in public anytime soon, but uh, Can I get you to put it back on? <laughs> No, that's my pants. I'm sorry. No, but uh, one of the things I've noticed as I've gotten older is that I'm a lot less reactionary than I used to be. And yeah. I just, you know, go off the handle and stuff like that. You, you, you have to be able to roll with the punches a little bit in life and, and kind of say, is this really what's important? Is this going to affect me? If it's not, just, you know, cast a decide like the Donald Trump stuff. It gets to me after a while, but then you're like... I just turn it off. Yeah, turn it off. Or I walk away from else. your computer. Walk away from your phone. Go play with your chi- Go play with your kids. Go, yeah. you know, go for a walk with somebody. So you don't need trigger warnings? Yeah. No. No. <laughs> no. Uh, people... And I, I get it. It's kind of... It's sadly addicting going on Twitter and reading and ranting and stuff like that, but... After a while, you just have to decompress. And one of the things I'm looking forward to, I'm going to the U.S. for a short trip with uh, Darren Scott. Uh, 
I'm looking forward to not having my phone on the whole trip mm-hmm. because I'm not tempted to say, okay, well, I got some downtime. Let's go through Twitter. Oh, Donald Trump's doing this. Oh, this person's doing that. No, I need, I, I need some time away from the news cycle because I live it. You yeah. Know? You're way more seeing like, I want to be in it a little bit more, but I think I'll be disappointed if I go any further than I am right now. I, like, I wouldn't dip your toe in that water <laughs> it can be like it can be toxic uh, if you let it and yeah. uh well don't get me wrong i i would like to think that i was a shit poster before it became a term right like <laughs> i used to be that well you well, control all you want it did, i mean but what did it achieve like now i don't do it and now if other people do it i either turn a blind eye or i try to spin it positive right like i have fuck it's odd but i've grown up right and like <laughs> facebook's been around since what oh seven yeah sadly somewhere around there or is that youtube one's oh seven and one's ten i can't remember. anyways i think facebook might be oh seven okay um but i used to be that guy that always had something trolly to say or i shit posted or i'd make fun or i'd put up the offensive like retweet or repost and like it's embarrassing. Like, I wish I could wipe out pretty much, like, 2015 back on there. Because yeah. I was still, like, adolescent and immature and didn't get it. And I was, like... Well, and that's why I I give, you know, they've a couple of baseball players recently have had, you know, old Twitter posts from their teens come up and they've had to apologize. I kind of cut them some slack. I mean, God only knows if we had the internet back then, what we would have posted. Oh, like, good Lord. Yeah. We'd be in jail. You know, some of the stupid stuff and stupid shit we did. Like My favorite quote from Sitter, he goes, um, when we talk about things that people are getting fired and everything for, he's, because we sit around and play D&D all the time or whatever, he's like, he's like, I've said far worse things at the gaming table and it's never being recorded. Nope. <laughs> nope it's true. Because you just say things, right? Like, because you're just sitting around, it's like. Well, in, in my line of business, you kind of have to have a bit of a dark sense of humor because there's not a lot of good news that comes our way. A lot of the time. So if you're ever hanging in a newsroom, there can be moments where somebody says something that's like, ooh, you know, not yeah. not in a bad way, but just to kind of relieve the tension a little bit. Because, I mean, when you're reporting on, on stuff like the Humboldt Broncos bus crash, the, yeah, you know, that, that whole month was pretty much a write-off for all of us. So, yeah. I remember. I mean, we're, on, we're, we're an hour away. We used to cover the team in a radio station. It, ugh. Yeah, it's horrible. but that's also like you said. It's usually bad news too. Like, and that was a bad thing. But like, a lot of good came from it. To see how the country came together, and even beyond Canada, right? Like, you had celebrities around the world wearing humble Broncos jerseys, and the I think it's the all-time um, second. Is it number one or two biggest? I funded? think it's number two. I thought it was number one funded. Well, it could be. I don't know. Um, but it's, but it's yeah, up to there. give money to the families and like just. To well, take even, care of the community. Yeah, and even and, things like, you know, the, the hockey teams or baseball teams inviting the survivors to come to throw at the first pitch or drop the ceremonial puck or whatever. Yeah. It's things like that that really make you realize that, okay, there are really good people out there. At the same time, uh, there are a lot of bad people out there because once the information came out about, you know, of course, the, the semi-driver who is charged is yeah. innocent until proven guilty, I'd like to add. Some people want to, you know, do despicable things to the guy. Well, let the process to, you know, play out in court, first of all. And I understand the 
wanting to wanting answers and stuff, but there were people that were coming up with, you know, conspiracy theories about why the RCMP was taking so long in their investigation oh, and this, that, and the other thing. It's like, come on, people. Like, and it's, I just yeah. don't get that. And those, I, those are the things that pisses me off. Yeah. I do find Saskatchewan frustrating. Um, I think we're a lot more right. Like, I'm thinking Alberta's probably the epitome of right wing. And then, but I think we're. Well, it's, it's not even right wing. It's it's redneck thinking. That, but that's what I yeah. mean. Like the redneck right wing, yeah. right? Like, and it's it disappoints me, right? Like the Colton Bushy thing really upset me to see the province that divided, um, that racist, and just the things people would say on social media without beating an eye that are atrocious things to say. And it's like... Bottom line is you weren't there, you don't know what happened. Right. You know, really. And... It's it's such a sad situation, period. Like to me, yeah. Like, like someone's dead, and yeah. that's like in both cases. Like with the bus crash, tons died. It's horrible. But then right away, and I remember, and I've blocked so many things on Facebook now because there was so much like, oh, I heard the driver was blah blah blah. Yes. He was an illegal immigrant. Da, da, da. And it just it spirals, and one person sees it, and um, it just the share button. I think you need an to pass an IQ test to use the share button some days, right? Because it's just like... Facebook is almost like... If I didn't use it to keep in touch with people like you that I'm not normally in touch with because I live, you know, a few hours away or in some cases provinces away, I wouldn't have it. If I didn't need it for work, I wouldn't have it. It pisses me off. Yeah. Because there are so many people that use it as a, a way to spew their hatred and violence and racism and sexism and political garbage left and right like it's just so sickening i have my own union page blocked absolutely i don't doubt because that. of the rank fights that go on within it it's it's just petty bullshit and you know like for people to i've had people post on facebook about you know marriage issues or custody <laughs> issues it's like come on i don't need to really read this i don't give a shit my favorite is the ah, oh, what a day yeah, just you're. you're, you're I've fishing, got a few people like that. Right? Yeah. You're oh, wait- what's wrong? Yeah, it's like I, I, yeah, I've weeded out those. I've weeded out the just the angry people on both wings. Um, not worth it. Uh, not worth it because it's toxic. Like yeah. it makes you angry. What's the point? The point for me to go on Facebook is to keep in contact with people I know. Look at you know. Animal pictures, baby pictures, children pictures, see how the kids are going up. You want the humor and the family updates. Absolutely. That's yeah. it. That is it. Maybe a few news updates. But then you you make a mistake and click the comments section and it's like <laughs> everybody's an the asshole. The comment button also needs an IQ test. <laughs> well, and we get it on our <laughs> website, yourtownnews.ca, by the way. See, <laughs> I don't scroll down far enough for comments anymore. I read the story and I get... Out. Yeah, you have to. You have to. But, um, I mean, people generally on our website are pretty good. But even sometimes you have to say to the administration or the people that control the website, it's like, okay, you, you got to delete this. This is crap. Yeah. Like, I walk around the lake every day. I walk past those teepees every day. It's a protest. Leave them alone. They're protesting something for a reason. The great thing about our country is that you can do that. Yeah, but they almost... But then they tried to throw them out because Canada Day was coming. Yeah. With... Yeah. I just, yeah. And that's, like, There's I swear th- I do a left wing, and it's not even the wings of, 
whatever the ideologies, right? Like I hate being, you're not you're 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 very flexible in your political opinion depending yeah. on what the situation and is. I get which that. every rational person should be. Like I'm not gonna lock in and be like and that's how I feel the states is, right? Like I think Trump won because people believed that well, Pappy was a Republican and I gotta be a Republican to be good to my family and let's like fuck it, off. it doesn't seem to matter what he does or says sometimes or his administration does or says people will follow him and support him and i think i don't understand personally but like i said if you try to think logically and rationally about stuff like this you'll just drive yourself nuts yeah well just the way i rationalize it to myself is there's those people that are going to vote republican period yep and then i think there was a healthy dose of people who either a believed hillary was corrupt because that's all that some stations talked about true or b were pissed that it wasn't bernie sanders or c didn't want another clinton in office or d didn't want a woman in office i think those two played See, a factor and i don't think about the sexist thing at all like i think barack getting in office should have blown any but it, is america that bad though like pockets of it are i mean I guess I'm blanketing the entire country, yeah. but like as a whole, I'd and like don't to get me wrong. Every time I've been in the states, it's been a blast. People have been so nice, so nice, and I've been to different pockets of the states, some red states, some blue states. They've been so nice, and this has nothing to do with them necessarily. What about yellow states? Are you not with Team Instinct? <laughs> <laughs> the Killer Bees. I wish I just saw something with Jim Brunzel. We're done with wrestling. It always comes back to wrestling, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, you know, it, there are pockets of people on both sides all over the country, but obviously some lean red and some lean blue, some states. But yeah, I just... I, 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 think, I think a lot of people were sick of Hillary Clinton. A lot of people were sick of the Clintons. That played a part in it. And like you said, a lot of people bought into the fact that you know, there were questions about whether she was corrupt or not. Whether was that's it, true or not. Was it is an it email a, scandal? Yeah. yeah. Hillary's emails. But And then well, grabbing pussies. Those were the two, <laughs> those were the two, like, was that before or after the election? That was before. Was it? Yeah. I keep getting mixed up about when build a wall, grab her by the pussy, and his 800 other stupid things. The good things he did was host WrestleMania. Okay, well, you know, I, I, I think back to the day when Barack Obama was raked over the coals for wearing a tan suit. I'd what? like I'd like those. He wore a tan suit one time, and the Republicans and some people just lost it. Where was I on a this A tan-colored suit is unbecoming of the president. Must have been when I was still drinking, because I don't recall this. <laughs> but seriously, it the the expectations for a president have sunk so low right now. It, it's sad. It saddens me. Like, I know you're not necessarily supposed to hold politicians to a higher standard because they rarely meet it. <laughs> but just the fact that the some of the stuff he says and does, people don't bat an eye to right now. No. Because it's just calm. He's putting more effort, or at least visually, from what little I do dabble into it feels like he's putting more of an effort into Korea and Russia than the rest of the relations um, I haven't read enough on the tariffs but it sounds like a disaster um, I 
I don't know what his agenda is, if he actually honestly believes that he's making America great again or what, right? Like, <laughs> What's his end game, as you would say about Vince McMahon? Well, that... Yeah. But I don't know what it is. And honestly, if the Democrats don't put someone forward, he's going to win again and get eight years. They, they ha- You're absolutely right, and I hate to say it, but he very well could. I feel if, like it if, has to be Bernie, who's a hundred and seventy-three year old Jedi right now, so there's not much time left on him, right? Like, you know, you could sense like back. I follow U.S. politics fairly closely, but you could sense before. I can't remember. Was it two thousand four? Barack Obama spoke at the Democratic convention, but you could sense, you know, something in him that he he's captured eloquent. people's attention. He's very eloquent. He well captured spoken. people. Yeah, he, he's put together. He looks the part. Um, and you believe that he wanted to make things accessible and, and available to all. Like he had the nation's best interest at heart. Well, some people believe that anyway. But uh, I just he, I don't sense that kind of leader anywhere. No. Republican, he, Democrat, doesn't matter. Bernie. Bernie's the only... And yeah, he's, but he's older than dust. That's But give me... Um, Elizabeth uh, Warren, where is she? Yeah, well, I, I don't know. Or, but she's too progressively left for down there. There are like cons- America's absolutely. right. Like America yep. is a light right leaning country. And yeah, like, and that's why I was a little surprised that Hillary Clinton did didn't get in because she was right of the so called left wing. I think it's just yeah. There was know. enough doubt. Like what we said, like there was enough people that wanted Bernie and feel that. The party screwed him out of it. And just didn't vote. And, yeah, and I, that too would derail stuff, right? But, like, and I love the fact that he would not step down and just, like, concede. He wrote out that democratic process and just kept going. And, like, she was pulling ahead and pulling ahead. And, like, there was accusations of them tampering with the votes and stuff too, right? Which all came out during the election. But, like, I just, I feel like... Four, it would have been four years ago already, right? Like, I feel that Bernie train was, like, the perfect storm to change that country, and it's it's gone. I think he's too far left for the U.S. I do. Yeah. I do. I think... Would he like to be prime minister? <laughs> That's a different kettle of fish right there. Because what does he call himself? A something socialist. Democratic Progr- socialist? Progressive. Progr- something De- socialist, yeah. right? And, like... That's like a swear word down south, though. Yeah. It really is because you dial, you turn the dial from nine to eight, and you get communism, right, right in their minds, right, yep. and like, and that's one of the things that I argue people about with Jordan Peterson because he tells a tale of like where socialism goes wrong, right, and nobody talks about that, and I like how he, he's like, if you go too far right, you get Germany; if you go too far left, you get Russia. Let's let's work on it and get in the middle here, but no one ever talks about like when socialism goes wrong and it's weird right like well my biggest issue is you know i'm i agree with you in that you know uh people should be looked after um i think mental health in the country needs to be looked after i think there's a lot of social programs that that fail there are a lot of things that need to kind of social programs, I guess, that, that really need to be beefed up. 
But but that's the first thing. The second you're in a deficit, those are the first things that get skinned. Yeah, well, and we're living in it right now, right? Like, you got to chip I, away at the arts and the social programs to balance a budget. Yeah, but it's they're the first things to go, which sucks. Yeah, no, I'm big on um, like the terms I use. Like, I think society right now is revolving around equality of outcome. Like, everyone's a winner. Um, our office has one of like there's the white male, the black male. There's like there's the balance, mm-hmm. right? Equity equality of outcome and it drives me nuts and the term i like is equality of opportunity i think everyone should have the the same opportunity right yeah but with me that also includes everyone deserves health care oh for sure for sure everyone deserves to be taken care of when they're down Mm -hmm. i think everyone deserves a free college education because i do not think it's fair that if there's someone poor with a 200 iq they, they go should to go to university. Absolutely. If there's a poor person that's motivated as fuck, let him ride it out. And um, another big crime is the fact that you cannot claim bankruptcy on student loans anymore. So now you have these people that are like, they might not even take the risk if you are saddled with this debt for the rest of your life, right? Well, and it, how expensive was it for us to go to school? It was now, $230 per class. I have no idea what it is now unreal like it, it's i hesitate to think what it's going to be when my I daughter swear, goes like to school. a half class was like a hundred and something right yeah like the point fives yeah and it's just i think it should all be free right like and then like what's the other term that i heard we're always talking about equality of outcome but we never talk about equality of effort and like i think those who put the effort in should be the ones rewarded if you want to put in the time to go through university and be a scientist or a doctor or whatever money should not hold you back and you should be able to do it and if you're a lazy fuck and you just want to do high school fine but then you fit into the hierarchy of what jobs appeal to that right yeah and it's just i don't know and so that's where i'm very left-leaning like i think we need to take care of people we need arts we need um free education and then on the other hand how the hell do you pay for it that's the thing right like i'm not big on taxing the fuck out of people either so right like i think canada is kind of a happy medium between europe and the u.s in in the sense that we have a lot of the same social programs we have free health care i agree but our taxes maybe aren't quite as high as they are in parts of europe like the scandinavian countries yeah that's however they a lot of some of them do get free education and and it, it, is, it is a shame to think that there are people out there that are incredibly smart and incredibly gifted but just don't get the opportunity because they can't go afford to go to school. Right. That's not right. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, how do you pay for that? You, and then people complain and piss and moan about taxes. Like, for example, uh, Melfort just recently built a skate park. They spent, I think it was $700,000 on it. it was a, it's a pretty fancy new skate park. So all the... You know, high school kids are pretty stoked about. Would this you like to buy a two billion dollar overpass? <laughs> well, different different scales, yes. But uh, like this, the same people that piss and moan about paying taxes on that are the same people that piss and moan about the kids not having anything to do. Yeah, you can't have one without the other. You have to give them something to do, and it's you can't not spend money to do that. Yeah, and I'm more than happy. Like, paying. I don't mind paying taxes if it's going to 
stuff that will help period like yeah. if if my taxes are going to help pay to build a highway or you know highway construction or you know help healthcare or whatever whatever it, it sucks that i have to pay them but nothing's for free you know somebody has to pay for it money doesn't just magically fall out of the air yeah and that's, and that's the thing that's the thing with the US is it they don't like taxes isn't tax and socialism are like two swear words down there yeah it's true and you know you talk, you see it all the time if you read anything online it's you'll get the person that says well you know we pay enough in tax we need our taxes lowered and this and that but you know I don't want my services affected well good luck <laughs> You know, I, I, I don't want my taxes to go up, but I'm tired of paying, you know, $15,000 every time I need a Band-Aid when I go to the hospital. Yeah. Well, that's what you get. There's certain things that should be taken care of, but there still needs to be that differentiation where if you put in the effort, you will make it further. Like, yeah. there are pieces of capitalism that I enjoy, right? Like, if you put in the effort, you should get rewarded. Everyone shouldn't just be a blanket amount, right? Because... <coughs> that's one of the things with like um, socialism that it gets knocked is like if everyone's paid the same why should I work and so then all and what do you do then right mm-hmm. so like there needs to be a reason to motivate people to strive for something but we also need to like take care of people and set them up for success so I don't and I have way too fucking shady of a past that I will never run for anything this is just my opinion. Well, and, you know, I wish I had the magic formula of X amount of taxes plus Y amount of services equals gold. Yeah. But life isn't like that. You know, the, the incomes aren't steady all the time for countries or provinces or cities. Yeah. Sometimes, you know, you can try to maintain a 1% tax increase, but sometimes it's going to be larger because yeah. shit happens. 2008 happened. Yeah. Oil tanked. Mm-hmm. Now we're in a, what are we at, a $15 billion deficit by the end of like 2020-something? Like, it is what it is. Um, we we had that shining moment as a have province. <laughs> Something I can tell my grandkids about. <laughs> On the plus side, I sold a house during that time, so. Damn. Condos here are regressing. You can get a really nice one in the South End for like just over a hundred thousand again, and houses are like a one two percent creep now every quarter. Not, um, that, not the leaps and bounds that it used to be, right? I, so. I think I think that's a good thing. Um, it's better than a crash. I think I think the realtors might disagree, but uh, I think that's a good thing because housing was just becoming ridiculous. Oh, it no. really was. Like a house in Melfort, an average house is probably two hundred thousand dollars. And for Melford, that's high. A decent house here is probably going to run you four or five hundred. Yeah, half a million dollars. Yep. yep, half a million. I know for a house, and that's what I don't and understand. You have Twenty-five like, years to pay it, and you know you go into Melford and they're building. Bu- bu- some of these people are building these big houses. Who has a job you can afford? Like, really? But then it becomes all like I love renting, and like it was I was. I hate talking about my divorce, but like (laughs) getting out of a mortgage, like to me, a mortgage felt like I 
couldn't take any risks with my career. I couldn't take any risks with my life. It's kind of like a bad cell phone contract. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it felt like, what's the term, indentured servitude, right? Like, I was locked into like a miserable job. I was miserable and then I was paying for this house for like till I was a senior and it's not fun like I no wonder like what's what's the depression rate what's the anxiety rate how many people are in anxiety meds it's because we're all living paycheck to paycheck right now everybody true uh, a lot of that though is our own doing people buying stuff they can't afford that's true like you see a lot of people out there with cabins or boats or you know uh, yeah they're spending themselves a lot of thin, toys right like i mean regardless of the house situation which i totally agree with it's it's tough to it's tough to take the leap to buy a house and sometimes that leap doesn't make a whole lot of sense yeah. but uh, there are a lot of people that spend a lot of money they don't have yeah and we're we're not talking like you know a thousand dollars on their credit card we're talking twenty thousand thirty thousand fifty thousand like they are in serious debt you wouldn't know it by looking at them but they're the type of people that you know smile walk off the street and then go home and unplug their phone because they don't want to hear from the creditors well i guess nobody has a plug phone anymore but shut off their cell phone you know it's i think they discontinued service for rotary phones which is <laughs> so now it's all beeps but no and that's yeah i think and like i have financial friends and like some of them said that it's now gone over 70 percent for paycheck to paycheck um, the average household net worth is like in the negatives. Like it's it's ridiculous. Like the average debt, I think, is like seventy thousand per household or some like wrong number. Like, well, it's it's not surprising because the wages aren't keeping up with the cost of everything else. No, and like, and I've been mulling this over for a long time because I know that's the new millennial argument, right? And I'm not dissing them. Like, there's a lot of truth to what they say, where it's like, if if everyone's been making $30,000 since the 70s till now say that's the average and the price of bread went from 10 cents to 250 like there's something wrong right mm-hmm. and the price of a home went from $23,000 to half a million dollars like there is something wrong but now people are even more trapped I feel because now both of you have to work mm-hmm. you have kids you, you have need, you to, need pay. to pay and now you both have to work so now there's daycare there's mm-hmm. a shortage of daycare I think there was some voting going on today in the city about daycare. I'll have to read the news. Um, but it's like I said, it's it's like this weird form of slavery, right? Like you're, you're bought in. You can't afford to miss a paycheck. You're sick. You're miserable. You're tired. And, and it's always on your mind. And it's, yeah, it's depressing as fuck. Like I think part of my like upswing in the last while has been because I'm renting, right? Like mm-hmm. rentals are down because everyone's leaving the province again. All of a sudden boardwalk is turning the rent down. My rent has gone down. Mm-hmm. Boardwalk must like someone is rolling over in some grave somewhere over this, right? Cause like, <laughs> I can't think of another analogy for it, but don't, like, don't speak ill of boardwalk. Yeah. <laughs> no, but like at one point my rent tanked by $200 a month because they had to offer that to everybody just to get people to move here again. Yep. Right. And it still hasn't gone back up to what I was paying two years ago. So, well, and we've, we've seen that in housing prices in Melford too, that, you know, houses that would have sold for say 300,000 a few years ago. They're lucky if they get to 22, 30. Yeah, and it's just and it's it's not it's it's not 
because the market's necessarily tanking. It's just it's correcting itself. It went up too fast, in my opinion. I'm not a realty expert or anything, but it, it certainly outpaced the amount that people were given for for salaries. I, uh, I just feel the boom here was mismanaged. So, and, like, I'm not smart enough to look at the books or look at the whole picture and, like, be like... Because oil was good. It was a hundred and what a barrel, right? So like forty, I think. At the right. Top. So who wouldn't go all in on that? And I guess potash was our next best bet, right? Yeah. Because we're one of the few places that can provide that. And so like, sure. Like in retrospect, I'm like, why would you put all your eggs in two baskets? But who am I? I'm like kid with podcasts. Well, I right? think so it's like I call myself a kid. Anyways. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think first of all, nobody here knew how to deal with a boom because it's never happened here before. I think that was part of it. Uh, two, um, it was like literally everything good happening at once. Yeah. Like oil prices were up, potash prices were up. And it was like, holy crap, you know, this is great. There were jobs. Yeah. There were jobs. There were, uh, you know, income was up. Everything looked great. But it wasn't everybody's dream to move out of Saskatchewan the second they got a degree. No. <laughs> or... No, well, it was it was actually nice to see young people come back. Are we still over a million? Because I know that was a big... Yeah, yeah. We're or was it 1.1 million? Over yeah. 1.1 million. But what... what, what uh, I can't remember what I was going to say now, but I, one of the things I've noticed in areas like Melfort is a larger immigrant community, which, uh, you know, I mean all pasty white people before and now you see a, a few people that are from different countries and I think it's great mm-hmm. uh, diversity I think it is it, it's something that a lot of people I think it's Saskatchewan still are getting used to because which is good it's fan I think it's fantastic because during that cold mushy trial I think we were pretty much being called like Canada's Alabama yeah <laughs> and it, which is not in some in some respects they've got a point, which is sad. Yeah, we have but, a long way to come. I think rural areas, it's just it is what it is, right? Like I sit and think about what would have happened because I was very close to not coming to university. So what would have happened if I stayed in Melville and stayed in my small mind and never branched out? Like for what little college education I got, and like just to be in a bigger city that is more. I hate the word, but like diverse and like growing and stuff like that, right? Like it's just you need to be just culturalized. Absolutely. And, and like, that's why I like you know, I before I met my wife, I never really traveled a lot. But since I met her, she's been all over the freaking place. Uh I've gone on a few trips with her, I've gone on a few trips with other people. It's been great because I've been to Europe, you know, I've I've been to Greece, I've been to Italy, and it just you know, you go other places, you you eat different foods, you experience different things, you see different sights. Uh, you, you see different people and how they interact and everything. It's just, you know, you get you get a different look at the world and a different perspective. And if you stay in your little hole or, you know, your your parents' basement or whatever, your small town, and you, the only three people you see are the same three people sitting at the bar playing VLTs that day, well, you're, you're not going to grow as a person. Yep. So that's my opinion anyway. I think we're going to call it on the, the life lessons of Canada. <laughs> Thanks for coming out. Hey, no problem. Anytime. Uh, new record long podcast. That's that's the first time you can say a new record long in my name <laughs> and the same thing. <laughs> um, it was great to get back with you. It was great. Yeah. I 
it was the first thing on my mind when you were coming to town was to invite the boys out. That was sweet. Um, yeah. yeah. I thought that would be a nice little treat because I haven't sat with, like, I see them, but I don't sit with them a lot, right? Yeah, you, like, you kind of pass them and say, hi, how's it going kind of thing. And yeah. the Nathan thing has been a rebuilding thing, right? Like, it's great. I, It's like, it's it was amazing. Like, I feel like we could just sit and talk again. Like, 20 years hasn't passed. And it I really, like, yeah. I mean, how long have we been talking? You don't want to know. We're coming up on two hours, 15 minutes. Holy shit. It seems like maybe an hour. I told you I can talk. Yeah. <laughs> um, where can people reach you? Where can people find you? Where can they listen to you swear on the radio? <laughs> I only did that once. <laughs> Jeepers. Uh, I am in Melford, Saskatchewan. I'm the news director at uh, CJVR and CK750. Uh, we are online at yourtownnews.ca, ck750.com and cjvr.com. Uh, yourtownnews.ca is primarily where you see a lot of the news and sports stories, which... It's kind of my thing. Um, I've been in Melfort uh, working at the radio station for 16 years now. The news director, I think, for around 13 this year. So it's uh, time slow. And like, I vividly really remember has. driving yes, with you I meant to, to say, check out the school. I meant to say. I, I remember that day and I remember specific periods of that day, which is weird. I rem- I meant to s- I meant I to say I making that drive. I owe you a debt of gratitude because not only did you make that drive going to see that you also helped us move. Yeah. We packed your car. So if it wasn't for Paul Connor Savage, I would not be in radio today. So you have him to blame for your swearing. <laughs> Once. <laughs> okay, thank you. Yeah. Bye. <laughs>